Hey friends, welcome to Redeem Podcast, brought to you by Vision by Dreamers. On this week's episode, we have a good friend of mine, Ivan Gonzalez, discussing on some very deep apologetic questions like, if God, why evil and suffering? Ivan shares about his upbringing through many trials and how God has kept him through all of it. Check it out. <laughs> so let's pray, and then we're going to jump into this. All right. Cool. I feel like we already kind of have to that's do the it. Way oh, this, we, that's, that's the way we flow. Hopefully, that's way hopefully we flow. what people feel like. <laughs> Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this evening, Lord, that we could get together with our friend Ivan. I pray that you would bless this conversation. I pray that you would bless, Father, the, the words, Father. May they minister to people. I pray, Father, that people would be encouraged, exhorted, convicted, Father. Uh, may you just use this, Father, for your kingdom. We love you. We praise you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Redeem Podcast, episode 13. Dun, dun, dun. Ivan Gonzalez, <laughs> welcome to the show. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. First of all, it's super good to see you, bro. Like, aside from this podcast, like, we, we got this rolling joke that, like, really what we just like to do is hang out with our favorite kind of people. Okay. And so when we don't get to do that very often, we're like... Well, let's just act like we're doing a podcast so really we could just hang out with somebody. Dude, that <laughs> is, that's a good way. That's, that's good. I like that. Yeah, I like it's, that. It's been a minute, dude. Yeah, it has been a minute. I, uh, and to be honest with you, it's been a minute. Like for me outside of like hanging out with you guys, like I've been hang, not hanging out with people, people. enough, <laughs> <laughs> period. I was telling my wife, it's freaking horrible. That's yep. everyone. It's right now. It sucks, yeah, man. It it's sucks. like we miss fellowship. We miss being with yeah. our friends, even our family. Like. Yeah. And right now they just started opening like Orange County places. And I've been going, I went out with a friend the other night and he was like, dude, he was like, kind of like I could sense in him like some fear of being out. He's like, dude, there's a lot of people out here. Yeah, dude, that's like, how yeah. a lot of people are now. Mm-hmm. Uh, people in my, my family like that. You know what I mean? I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, I'm not about it, man. I'm, I'm, I want to talk to people, you mm-hmm. know, but it's our, it's our culture. Some pe- people are you're either a people person. Like nowadays it's like you're either a pre- people person or you're not like yeah. I, the thing is, oh, I'm more introverted, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm introverted, you know, I'm extroverted. Like people categorize themselves like that. And for the people who are a lot more like introverted mm-hmm. now, they're like, dude, like this is great. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's like it justifies you not being able to talk to human beings. Right. And that, that's not good because yeah. we're, we're, we're mm-hmm. relational. You know, God, we're made in God's image. God wants to communicate with us. We're mm-hmm. called to communicate with other people. It's interesting that you said um, that you feel like you haven't been around people because I feel the same way. But I got to be honest, like. For me, I could blame it on COVID, but that's kind of a place that I feel like I was even before COVID. Mm-hmm. And in the in the beginning, like I was just like, dude, I gotta I gotta change this. Like I need to like do something. But I can't help but to feel like like who I am has also changed because of that. Um, we were talking to uh, Stephen Cameron about how it's so easy for our Christianity to become a display and it's crazy how, how like in church we almost encourage that in one of in one another. What do you mean? Like a display? Like in other words, like, like when I show up, I know what I should be like and I know what people mm-hmm. expect of me. Okay. And so like I'm being that and even to a degree I'm convinced of it myself but it isn't until I'm alone with the Lord or particularly in marriage that I start to see, wow, like I, like I'm, I'm, I, like I see who I really am. Yeah. 
and there's no show or whatever, but it's proven also to be a good starting point for me for building on what's really there. Yeah. You know, so, um, I don't know. What about you? Like was, what would you say you being like, not like feeling like you're not around people? Is that like COVID or is that like just in general? Um, so I, I, it's, I guess it's twofold. A lot of it, for sure, for me, is a little, like, as of late, COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, there's people in my family who, everyone with COVID is, everyone's completely different. Mm-hmm. You're, either, you're either super sensitive to the whole thing, and I respect everybody in that regards. I have my own opinion about it. I'm mm-hmm. a little more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Indifferent mm-hmm. to everything. That that's me. <laughs> me too. Okay, I little... think you're 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 amongst like friends here right now. <laughs> you yeah. know, I I didn't come out with my mask on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <You> know, <clears throat> excuse me, but I'm a little more indifferent. Yeah. Some people are not. So I'm sensitive to people like that in my family, and I think that's kind of guided me towards you know maybe shying away from people. But now I'm being you know I want to get out you know mm-hmm. in front of people a little more. But the, the whole idea, I wouldn't be, I, can't, I don't know if I'd be able to tell you if it was like before COVID or not, because to be honest with you, the past like six months are like a blur. Mm. You know what I mean? Trying to like backtrack and think like, what was I doing before COVID? I feel like we've been <laughs> in COVID for like years. I, honestly, I feel like yeah. it's been so long. That's true. It's like a blur. But um, I, I like I like people. I'm, I'm a people person. Mm. But I was telling guys at work, I have the opportunity at work to share, um, to, to, to teach the Bible you know, to a group of guys and girls at, every, at work, at work every morning, wow. mm-hmm. every morning, every morning. Yeah. yeah. Wow. We got about, uh, like 10, 11, 12 people on staff now sit, sit there and we go through it for about half an hour. And I was just telling them, like, like I was telling you guys, we are human beings. We're relational. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and the most important thing to me is, is, uh, is pursuing Jesus and being obedient to him, mm. you know, to do, to do the father's will. And part of the Father's will is what that we that we um, you know seek seek to, to save that who those who are lost. Yeah. And you can't do that without like verbalizing with people. So uh, what what do you do? What do you do for a living? Just I work. Uh, so I work at an off road shop. I work oh. at an off road shop. It's completely Seems random like for me. Let's put a little plug in right now. Yeah. Saints off road shop. Saints off road. Yeah. Yeah. Eight one three West. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> six two six. Um, no, but I work at an off road shop. Yeah. It's completely random. There's a whole story behind that. Maybe we can get into that in a little bit. Whole story behind that. But I'm like a sales manager, an operations manager ish at mm-hmm. uh, at this off road shop. So there's a whole testimony about behind that. But. Saints Off Road. It's a Christian-based company. I have mm-hmm. the green light to share the gospel with my customers, and I do when God opens the door. Super Being in an off-road shop where guys are super macho, like you know, we're all looking at my lifted truck, bro, look at my big mm-hmm. tires. Mm-hmm. But you come in, and you got you got the worship playing. Saints Off Road. You, the scriptures out in front of you. When you go into an off-road shop, you're thinking like, I gotta be cool, man. Yeah, yeah, tell yeah, yeah. about my truck, you know. Yeah, yeah. Gonna, you know. And then I'm thrown down, and I'm getting into their personal life, mm-hmm. and you'd be amazed to see how many. Grown men have been at our counter crying, just broke, broken. Wow. God just opens the door. So it's really cool where I work. Mm, that's dope. It's really cool. And every day a Bible study. That's super Yeah, dope. it's like a Devo. We pray mm. and I get into the word. Right now I'm in like Second Peter, you know, and, and the Proverbs. I go through it and break it down for all these guys and some non-believers. We tell them at the outset when they get hired, like this is a Christian-based company. We, we, st- we, we know that not everyone's a Christian. Yeah. We don't force it. Um, 
but we 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 seek that you uphold a lot of in, we have a lot of integrity yeah. you know with with our customer base morals and standards morals and standards for yeah. sure but we're christian based and this is what we do in the morning if you're not uncomfortable with that then hit the door you know what i mean there's no problem with that yeah. you know oh, most guys are like cool cool we're down with it you know and so i have this cool opportunity right now where i'm sharing the gospel That's with a lot of these people dope. yeah, yeah. It's, it's also super interesting because like you're a believer in a secular job and you're able to share the gospel. First of all, like for me, I go through struggles being in a secular world. And I like for the most part, it's not on my mind of like, okay, I want to for sure give this guy the gospel today. When yeah, and don't AC. get me wrong. Like I, I'm doing my job. Mm-hmm. I'm not um, uh, I'm sensitive to what God is doing, you know, with certain customers. But I'm there to, to, to serve them. They're looking for a lift kit. They're looking for lighting or whatever it is. They're looking for to serve their truck. I'm, help, I'm helping them. You know, but there's certain people that it's very sense. You know, something's going on, mm. and all it takes is you know a shoe in the door. You know, or put or, or the way I like to put it, you know, put a stone in someone's shoe. I've heard someone say mm. that, um, and that's what I seek to do. Try to cre- creep in somewhere and see if God wants to blow it open. If He does, then it's game on. And now I'm like not in work mode anymore, and I'm getting paid for it. Now I'm in full on. You're about to get the gospel mode. Yeah, and, <laughs> it, and, it, and it happens. I made friends. You know grown men, 50, 60 years old, um, just confessing their sins. Mm. People hear the music and then they, they figure, oh, something's going on here. And before I even say anything, they'll, they'll start talking about their life. And mm. you know, like, it's, this is way beyond wheels and tires and the lift wow. it. Right. It sounds like an environment has been created in that place, so it goes beyond just even them knowing the songs, but just like all of a sudden they feel comfortable enough to start talking. So that sounds like a pretty cool thing. Yeah, it's mm. cool. I had an interview yesterday. With, I was giving an interview to, for a potential hiree, and he was like, yeah, I, I knew when I walked in this place there was something different. Mm. You know, That's what he said in the interview. You know? Was he a Christian? I don't know. Um, I, I, I explained to him, like, we hold ourselves to a higher standard. Yeah. And I said, when people put, this, put the pieces of the puzzle together, saints off-road, they hear the music. They see the scripture verses on our screen, on the counter. Um, there's two types of people that what they immediately do. Mm-hmm. So here, you got a secular job. You got a Christian company who's not hiding it. You got the guy who comes in who wants his stuff and make his truck look cool so he can flex in front of his friends and show everybody how cool he is. Mm-hmm. That's his mindset coming in. He hears the music and he has two opportunities. He has two two routes he's gonna go. These guys are Christian. They're doormats, and I'm about to walk all over them and get the best price. Or um, I'm coming to this store and I'm going to be cool. I really respect that these guys are like not, you know, hiding from behind, you know, with their Christian faith and they're just being bold. And but now I've set these guys to a higher standard in my mind and my heart. They better be the customer service better be great. Got you. Better yeah. be great. And, and what you guys deliver better be on point, too. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So That's we're not perfect. Up. And that was the, our, my, the owner, Ronnie. That was his his uh, he wasn't going to call it Saints Off Road. And it was a battle, like, Lord, what do I do? And then I think it was Raw, Pastor Raw. He 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 was he, he pours a lot into Ronnie and shares with him. And he's like, you're either, either a saint or you ain't, you know? You're either a saint or you ain't. <laughs> you know? Straight up, dude. Yeah. And so that was kind of like the turning point. And it was like, dude, are you? And then the Lord kind of ministered to Ronnie, are you going to go in my name? Right. Are you going to go in my name with this? Because at that point, it's either going to be saints off-road or ain'ts off-road. Or ain'ts right? off-road, dude, straight up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much. Mm. And then you can just do this, that, the normal off-road automotive thing. Right. But it's not that. Anyways. That's yeah. dope, But dude. that's that's so cool for you to be able to do that because I feel like there's people who feel like they can't like be a Christian and work in a secular job. But that's not the reality at all. Yeah. I, something that's I'm seeing is how... God gives us ministry 
outside of the four walls of even the building, yeah. which is like something I, I want to encourage people to like, one of my things that, that Danny Bond mm-hmm. really encouraged us to do was to use the name of Jesus, like oh, yeah. to bring his name up in conversation. Oh yeah. Cause when you do that, it's no longer even, even just using, let's just say, Oh, thank God. Like, mm-hmm. well, like some people are like, Oh, like, yeah, for sure. God, mm-hmm. but they aren't thinking about Jesus. But right. when you say, Oh, dude, you know what? Jesus just blessed me this week. People are like, what? Mm-hmm. It's true. As soon as you bring yeah. that up. There's a lot. There's the, well, there's the Bible. What is that? There's power in the name of Jesus. Mm, right. right. I've been in bondage to, to things in my life or spiritual attacks. And it's the name of Jesus that has delivered me. So there's power in his name. And it, 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 it's very interesting that for some Christians, there's a temptation not to use the name of Jesus for some reason. And that's a, that's a temptation the enemy has put in the minds and hearts of people to shy away from saying that name because they know when you drop that name, uh, it, 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 it puts a dividing line. Yeah, it yeah. really does bring a dividing line. So make a decision in your life now, whoever you are. You, if Jesus is your Lord... Say your your Lord's name. Yeah. <laughs> you know. That's interesting because yeah. I, I think there's like um two reasons why it's easier to go with God instead of Jesus, because um it's easier on the person you're talking to and it's easier on yourself because <clears throat> not that there's anything less about God than Jesus, but because God can be applied to so many different things. Oh, yeah. Like a person, you know, their higher power or mm-hmm. their other, their religion or um, their lack there of religion and their just belief that there's a God up there. And so you're still relatable by saying, oh, God's good or whatever, you know, yeah. um, or trust God or, yeah. but, but you mentioned the name of Jesus and that's two potential, you know, discomforts. That is the person you're talking to or yourself. Mm-hmm. And so, but you're right. There is a line in the sand and I think, I think there's something that that's important to Christians. I mean, we're called Christians because that word means Christ-like, you know. So, to really represent that, I think it's super yeah. important, you know. Yeah, <clears throat> definitely. I mean, you have, you know, Paul in the first century. Uh, he had to. Well, we also got to be sensitive to the fact if the, if Paul said in the first century, and I think you guys can correct me. In, in one of his epistles, he said that there are many different Jesuses that are being preached. Mm-hmm. Right. The the, the 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 Mormons preach a Jesus. Um, um, but it, it, there's a complete different definition of who that Jesus is. Right. So if that reality is there, that there's different Jesuses, um, and you're on the far left end of the spectrum, just saying God, right. you got to get over to the right a little bit, right. get to the to the specifics. to the specifics a little mm-hmm. more, get down this way. Say Jesus, cool. And if it happens to be somebody who has a different definition of Jesus, then if you're able and God's giving you the the knowledge and understanding to de- to help that person decipher the the true Jesus from the false. Then go ahead and get there. It doesn't I don't really think we get that far with people unless you know they're in some other different type of religion. Then it mm-hmm. gets there, but yeah, man, I think our culture has a reluctancy, you know, not only just to say the name of Jesus, but to to even like share their faith and evangelize. We all know that. I think it's out there. People struggle, so that's mm-hmm. why when we were talking about communicating with people, mm-hmm. like COVID, like it, it could be. COVID can go different ways. You know, it's really about how, because God redeems, right? He's a redeemer. He, he wants to buy back time. He wants to redeem. If we all feel like, oh, man, our world, everything's being taken away from us. Well, God's a redeemer. He's in the midst of redeeming in the midst of COVID-19. doesn't matter. And so God wants, God wants to reach people. And what I'm saying is that breakdown of communication with people. Um, uh, people use COVID as another cloak 
to not even uh, more of a reason not to reach mm, out to, to, to other people. Yeah. More of a reason not to. It's and, become uh, like an excuse for those who are full of excuses. And I was talking to one of my buddies today at lunch and we were saying like there's a there's a lie in the minds of a lot of people, not everybody, but some people I feel that they think, well, well I'm not a pastor. Like, let me go and talk about Jesus to people. Mm. Well, I'm not a pastor. Like, well, there's nowhere in the Bible that says you have to be a pastor to talk mm. to talk about, you know, the things of God, you mm. know, about salvation, you know. Um, there's there's four restraining. There's f- in our world today. There's 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 things in place that restrain the sin nature. There's the there's the restraint in uh, that comes from our parents. You know, our parents restrain our ki- our children, and, and, and that and that tool we use to restrain them is the rod. You know, that 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 weapon. <clears throat> we have the restraining power of our authority. You know, in the world, the the police to restrain and hold back the sin nature in people, and their tool and their uh, weapon that they have is the sword, the gun. Mm-hmm. Okay. You also have the restraining power of the law of God written on your mind, and that and that and that weapon to restrain sin nature and mm-hmm. man is uh, the conscience. But then there's another restraining power in the world, and that's us Christians, me and you guys. Mm-hmm. We are salt and light. And what is our weapon? The gospel. Mm-hmm. The gospel. And the gospel is the is the power of God into salvation. And part of that gospel is Jesus that we were talking about. Mm. You have to open your mouth and say it. I have a little bit. I know I'm rambling and talking no, about No, please this. do. <clears throat> Go. I, I have, um, you've heard some people say, like, just live your life. You know, mm. just live your life. I don't know. I don't, you guys can tell me what you say about that. Like, just live your life and be a light. And that's cool. That has always bugged the heck out of me. It's mm. always bugged the heck out of me because... How will they know unless someone speaks the word of God? God's given us an intellectual mind. And the Bible says that in the Proverbs, knowledge, it talks about knowledge and discretion and prudence mm-hmm. and, 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 and receiving knowledge rather than riches. Well, that knowledge, it has to come out of your mouth by means of your intellect. God's right. given you an intellect. So use your intellect and faculties that God's giving you. And, and use your words, mm. you know what I mean? The, but the enemy will always want to twist and mince words, always. <clears throat> yep. <clears throat> so we have to use our words to, to speak the gospel. Right. It's not just enough to like live your life and yep. hope because the dude down the street can be living a good moral life. We were talking about this last yeah, night we about morality. Mm. You can live a good moral life and then be like, dude, this guy is good, man. Like He lives a good moral life. Like I can follow what he's doing and he's in a cult. He seems like a, right. So it, there has to, it has to be married. Wow, mm-hmm. dude. So, okay. So I, I don't want to leave that subject too quickly because it's super important. Like you're talking about the difference between, and, and this is two, this is two view, uh, um, point of views amongst respected Christians, For like sure. people that we know. Right. And so, <clears throat> um, and I, and I just want to get more refined on what you're talking about. Cause I think it's super important. Um, and that is the idea that sometimes we hide behind, um, the laziness of just being who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and instead of um, really making it a conscious decision to go and minister to people yeah. and go. And, and so to, you know, to the person that is out there, the old lady who is just trying to seek God and, and love the Lord, that isn't an attack on that person For saying, sure. hey, you need to go on do this. Right. But what you're saying is don't allow yourself to hide behind the laziness of like, well, what, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm just letting my light shine. When the truth is that people, 
you know, will fail and fall because they didn't know yes. or they didn't hear, right. you know, and it's like our children, you know, you, you, you can't just, of course you lead by example. We teach that all the time to of each course. other, right? <clears throat> but you're not going to just teach by example by not telling your kids anything, you yeah. know? And so yeah. they, if we can understand within a household that words and communication is a gift from God. Yes. You know, animals can't, they, there's communication between them, but they don't articulate like human beings do. No. And God's given that made man in the image of God and given us articulation so that we can make things clear so that you can say something to yeah. somebody and they could say, well, you mean like this and you can correct them. No, I don't mean like that. Yeah. I mean specifically like yeah. this. And, and, and the, quite frankly, I, th I think sometimes it's a laziness mm -hmm. to hide behind. Oh, I'm just letting my light shine, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Mm. And so when I hear that, sometimes I'm like, oh man, like, I feel like people are like, like they, they feel a sense of like, like, all right, cool. I can just like live my life because I'm not, I'm not outgoing. I can't like speak. Mm. And like to, to your point about the old lady, like I, I get that. Let's speak towards like the person whose faculties are to use their mind and articulate words who you're not old where it's harder and it's slow. Your faculties are slower. You're not as quick on your feet and you can't uh, comprehend as quick as you used to. That, that's understandable for sure. God can use that person in, yeah. in greater ways than, than we can even imagine here. Mm -hmm. um, but what does the Bible say about your youth? Serve the Lord in the days of your youth. Mm. Why does it talk about that? Like mm. you're strong, you young men, mm. you're strong. Like serve, serve the Lord while, while you have those faculties. Why? Because we're all decaying and dying and we're gonna get slower one yeah. day, <laughs> talk slower, and that will be the reality of our lives. So why not serve the Lord and do this, what we're doing now, yeah. while we're all able to look each to other do in the it. eye yeah. and think? It, you know, and not only that, but it's it's super crazy because um, what, what comes to mind is um, how when you have a room full of like kids and, and the ones who are vocal are all saying, well, I think that movie was terrible, let's say. I think Sandlot was a terrible movie. And oh, that's like my favorite movie. You I know, I love that. that. No, well, that's my point. That's my point is if you got 10 kids in a room and 10 boisterous kids are saying Sandlot's a terrible movie, a lot of times kids just for the name, just in the sake of not being the odd kid will go along with it. Yeah. But if you really interview them one-on-one, -on -one, you'll find out that a majority of the room love that movie, right? <laughs> yeah. And so sometimes you give, you give um, majority voice by not talking about these things because it seems, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the, the liberal perspective or the godless perspective, they're certainly not turning their volume down. Mm -hmm. They're not, they're not out there saying like, Oh, well, you know, I believe what I believe to myself and you know, I'm just going to let my, my liberal ideas like shine, you know, on their own. That, that's not their method, right? I mean, they're being very boisterous. So and so, true. so sometimes when you're in a room full of people, you know, you think that you're outnumbered in your ideas and you come to find out that there's more people around you that actually feel the way you do. Yeah. And it might, it just might be a Christian's responsibility to begin to step out in faith and be that vocal and find that there's more people actually say, um, yeah, I, I, I agree with what this guy's saying. Yeah, or yeah. his friends like right there mocking you. And then he looks at his friend and he's like, you know what, dude, like, I believe what he's saying, bro. Yeah. Like, and all of a sudden, that perspective is outnumbered. So yeah. I'm 100 percent on board with that, bro. Like, yeah. be vocal about your faith or your belief or what you stand for. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying be air, arrogant. Right. And be, oh, you know, you know, <laughs> you know. Uh, you got to have a tender heart. You know right. what I mean? And watch your own. We are all um, susceptible as human beings. <clears throat> we're all susceptible to to error and sin. Right. And, and so you got to be 
you know, close with the Lord so that when you do open your mouth, you know, your clean vessel, your conscience is clear. You know, I was reading this morning about having a clear conscience. Your mm-hmm. conscience is clear and clean vessel. We've heard that, having a clean soul, God can freely speak through you. But we're all subject to being swayed one way or the other. Being a human being means that we can be swayed, you know, that we're, we're, we're temptable. We can be tempted one way or the other. So I'm not beyond the temptation of hiding um, behind, you know, just hope. I hope this let my see my light shine, mm-hmm. especially in my family. It's harder in the family, in, in your family unit. Um, it, it just is, at mm-hmm. least for me. You Do know, you have sometimes. a lot of believers in your family? Or not, not at all. Not at all. So my my... My background, so my last name is Gonzalez Gonzalez, <laughs> um, and so people see that and they're like, "What?" Yeah. But you he's guys, just a dark skin he's Mexican. Dark skin. He's he's he's, uh, he's from Panama. He's Colombian. <laughs> you know, Oye, papi. You know, <laughs> but um, no. But I was adopted at birth. You, I think you guys know that, and uh, my whole family's Latino, and so I from birth, and uh, you know, uh, I have a. I have a pretty gnarly. I don't, I, yeah. I don't know if you're trying to go into like yeah. that's the we're, we're gonna get into it. What's your background, dude? Yeah. So okay. So, um, so I'm. My name is Ivan. I think we already said that. <laughs> yeah. But um, like I said, I was saying like my last name is Gonzalez. I was adopted at birth. So I have no clue. My whole family's Latino. My parents adopted me out of the the the, the system, per se, um, in L.A. So I was basically in the like foster system, like straight from birth. Um, born at U. All I know is that I was born at USC Medical Center. I have no recollection or clue, inkling, zero of who my birth parents are. I have siblings. I know zilch. And um, uh, when my parents adopted me, they kind of adopted me later in their age. They actually had other foster, lots of other foster kids mm. that they didn't adopt, um, and I just by. Because God's in control. How of that old were you when they when they brought you home? Fresh, like born. Wow. Yes, like as pictures of me. You know, infant. I don't know. Infant. Yeah. Wow. Like a baby. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't know. A, a few months. <clears throat> Is there any like desire to try to find out who you're or no? Uh, I'll go there. Go there. Yeah. And there and yes, now. But now. it wasn't always like that. Everybody, there's people out there maybe who are listening who are adopted. Um, everybody has a different adoption story. Yeah. Um, some people are like, have that like, oh, I was like abandoned. And then it, they have a rough upbringing because they have this sense of abandonment. I didn't have that, like zero of it. Like my fam- And I think they that has you. a lot to do because I was from birth. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? Some kids who go and get adopted, they're at seven, six, eight. Gotcha. It, it's just like they already have baggage. And right. I didn't really have that. You know what I mean? So I, they, so they brought you home, little infant. There's infant. baby pictures of you. Yeah, yeah, just a baby. You know what I mean? Just nah. straight, straight, straight to it. So I was loved, like just loved. You know? Just Were they like, Christian when they adopted you? No, no, okay. more like nominal Catholic. Okay, you okay. know what I mean? Um, and so my dad Marcos, and then my mom Esther, and they had this is where this is where you get lost, and sometimes I get lost. <laughs> <laughs> they had so it's Terry, Mark, Terry. Mark, Kathy, Terry, Mark, Kathy, Robert, Louis. Five siblings, their own blood kids, blood children. Gotcha. Five. So I have five brothers and sisters. Okay. Uh, I get adopted and I have another adopted brother. Okay. His name is Matthew and he's also African. It's okay. a full house. Yeah, it's a full house. Now you guys got brought home similar at the same time or you were first and then him or you don't. He had to have been first. Okay. 
I think I never really asked that. <laughs> so you guys were both adopted, both babies together. <laughs> yeah, both, yeah, yeah. We that's what up, I'm trying to get to. Together. Okay, cool. We go together. Yeah, and so I grew up on a triplex, so like a front house, middle house, back house, and gotcha. the family owned it. So the, in the front house, my parents' uh, first daughter Terry, she lived in the front house with all my, um, which would be my cousins. Um, or my nephews and nephews nieces, and nieces, excuse me. Got you. Yeah. We're so close in age. It's one of those like, oh, we just got our you. Cousins. I get it. Okay. So we're all my nephews and nieces. Some of them are older than me and I was their own. Little I have couple. that by the way. <laughs> yeah. I have that by the way, my family. Too. Yeah. So yeah. it was like that. So she, they're in the front house and she has, um, AJ. I'm going to name off her kids. It helps me to give you a number. Mm-hmm. AJ, Jen, Ray, Chente, Vincent. Um, Nicholas and another adopt, uh, adopted, um, another um, adopted girl. So wow. five and followed the suit in adopting a child yeah. after. Oh okay. Yes. Wow. Okay. And that's all them in the front house. Mm-hmm. I live in the middle house with my mom and dad who adopted me and my other brother adopted brother. And then, um, my, my, those five siblings they had, my older brothers, they were like older. So coming in and out, like trying to move out, like gotcha. kind of that scene, you know? Um, and so that whole scene, you know, um, they're partying, you know, and I'm little and, sure. and they're kind of phasing in and out, getting married, your down, baby down brother. And they're, mm-hmm. they're doing their thing. Yeah. They're doing their thing. Now I look back in hindsight. I'm like, dude, I knew what you were doing with that. What was that stuff? Like, even now I know what yeah. that is. <laughs> Why was there always skunks around? Yeah. 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 yeah so my brothers are growing up. I'm, I'm in there Race the and they're all coming in and out. My brother's getting, some of them are getting married and it's all that. Um, and then in the back, in the back house, um, one of my brothers now married, and he's living. He's starting his family in the back house. Remember, we're on the triplex, mm-hmm. so it's just a big, you know, mix. Yeah. Yep. So I'm adopted at birth. Like I said, I, my parents adopted me later in their age. So come fourth grade, okay, um, their second daughter, Kathy, which is at like the perfect, like not the perfect, but like, how old? How old your mom? She's 63. We're around the same age. So, like, my mom would have been, like, she, she passed, and I'll get okay. there. She would, my sister would have been around, like, the same age, like, in her 50s. She, she, she was at that age where she was, like, if she was my blood mother, it, was be, it would be, like, normal. But my adopted mother was older. I can't remember how that's old the same was. My, that's the same in my house. So, my yeah. brother's, like, 20-something years older than me, right? So, you're, you're saying your older sibling could be the same age as everybody else's parents. Yes. And your mother... Would be like everybody else's grandpa. Yeah, kind gotcha. of like that. Okay. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. kind of like that. So come fourth grade, my mom died. My mom passed away. A diabetes runs in my in my family's blood. Wow. So she had a lot of complications. So come fourth grade, um, she dies. You know, she passed away. She lost her leg. So I remember as a kid, because diabetes, it gets, yep. it gets bad. You lose circulation. Mm-hmm. So I remember as a kid, like kind of like seeing that. Nine years old, fourth grade. You know, you're, and, and your mom's getting sick, and you know, hospice and ambulance, hospital, all that kind of scene. I had that stuff in the back of my mind. I can remember that stuff. And then like she passed away. Were, now, were you were you young enough to like not really be affected by it? Or are you talking like deep? You were affected by this, or I was affected by it for okay. sure. You know, I cried. Definitely, you know what I mean. Like, like when you're young, it's weird the way your mind is still. You're still a sponge. Your mind's still growing. So little things like you just remember. Yeah. I probably never said this, but like there was the color of her casket that I remember to this day. I hate the mm. color. Mm. It was like a greenish. I remember. I remember the song they were playing like at the at the at the at the uh, at the funeral service at or... the service, and like I can't stand it. You know wow. what I mean? Like. I remember little things like that. So it for sure affected me. Okay. That's but, what I'm just trying to get my head around but where I, you were at. Yeah. But I think um, 
God, and I think we've talked about this in the past before, um, that God has this, this, this grace on you when someone dies like in your family he 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 protects you and covers you with sometimes you're not crying people aren't crying and you're like what's wrong with this person well god's given them i'm pretty sure i had this conversation with you god gave them like this measure of grace you know to deal with the with that at that time and yep. maybe later he'll, he'll you'll mourn in a different way yeah mm-hmm. um and that that i i, I was so young like i it sounds pretty harsh, but not like it got over it fast. Yeah, no, I hear But you. you're younger and you just like grow and yeah. God just like allows you to move on. And, and it quicker. sounds like your, your family unit also is a very, it's a very, I mean, there's a lot of people in, in your lot. family, a lot of like interactions so that the, the tribe continues, yes. you know, even at the brinking loss yes, of someone, you know. For sure. You know, like our mom was like the glue. And so now it was my, their sibling, my sister, Kathy, who like now is, is my mom. Oh, because you're adopted. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden she's like your... Like my mom. Wow. I never had a brother-sister. Yeah. It was never like that. She was like my mom. Gotcha. Yeah. Everybody called her Nina. Yeah. So she was Nina, but she was my mom. Was like Kathy me. the one with the already the five kids or is that the no, older no, sister? No, that was the, for the oldest sister. Okay. So, okay. okay. So gotcha. I'll, I'll move this story along. That's fourth grade. My mom dies. Okay. Now it's everybody, like the tribe goes on. We're moving along. Four years later... Um, in eighth grade, my dad gets cancer, lung cancer, and he dies. Okay, so my adopted dad, he dies. Now I'm older. Now I'm like, you know, uh, I am 14 years old. Now I'm like, in that place. For, remember when you were 14 years old? Yeah. Now you're like looking at girls, and now you're like, you're coming through puberty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And so your life is different. I'm a different dude now. You know what I mean? I'm older. You know, I had a little girlfriend at the time. You know, eighth grade. You think I was Mr. Jock? I was cool. And now, you know, my dad's dying and it's like, oh, shoot, you know, like, dang. And I, I, I remember like not like he'd be in the kitchen because they set up like a like a like a hospice thing at the house. And like, dude, I don't want to go in the kitchen. I don't go over there. I want to see my dad, you know, get skinny, the whole thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm not going over there, dude. And it, it, it pains me now, you know what I mean? Because I was so scared to you see him. from it then. Yeah, dude, just, just running from it. And I was like, dude. I'm sad now thinking about it because like I'm sure like while well, he was there he wanted to see his son you know mm-hmm. you know so that was rough for sure that was rough and so that was like another blow to the family you know what I mean like pr- pretty hard so um, now my sister is like in a lot of pressure now you know now she's real now it's my mom and my dad gone and now it's really just her she's not married she's like in her 30s at this point now maybe late 30s early 40s maybe. And now she's taking care of me, you know, and my brother, my other adopted brother, and we're in the house together. It's just us and everybody, all you know, my brothers and sisters. They, remember, they live in the front house, all my, my nephews and nieces. And now, so. she's not married or anything, right? Never got wow, married. Yeah, never dude. got married. So wow. not married, just taking care of us and working, you know what I mean? And now, so that's fourth grade, my mom, eighth grade, twelfth grade comes. I'm a senior in high school, okay, um, doing my thing, playing basketball, you know, basketball star, whatever, at the school, and, you know, just living my life, you know. We've healed mm-hmm. things. We're just living our life. Yep. My oldest sister, Terry, who lives in the front house with all my kids, all my nephews and nieces, passes away from pancreatic cancer. Oh my gosh, dude. Okay. So she passes away um, and battled. There's a, there's a lot that she had to battle with in her life there. Okay. Just a lot. Uh, a lot of demons, a lot of just stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. That she battled with and she passed away. So now you got to think. I got all my nephews and nieces. Yeah. 
are yeah, my nephews and nieces. They're all young, sub, maybe the oldest AJ was maybe 20, 20, 23, 24, and everyone below. Wow. Where do they go? Think about it. You got all five of them. Where do they go? With your nice. sister. Boom. Yeah. Now they're all in the middle house. So my life completely changes. They're all with my sister now. And now it's me and my brother, Matt. A, uh, AJ still lives in the front house. He's already older, so he's kind of phasing out doing his own thing. But now it's, you know, Jen, Maisha, Ray, Nicholas, Chente, Ivan, Matthew. We have uh, two, uh, we convert the garage into, you know, uh, two Room, yeah. more, more rooms. And my life has changed and her life has changed yeah. completely. You know, 100%. I'm not a Christian She goes yet. from being older sister to like mom to you guys and then mom to her sister's kids also. Wow. Yeah. So pretty hardcore. So just think of how taxing God has set up. Um, God, God is a God of order. He, he, people fight and buck against the idea of a traditional marriage and a mother and a father and that unit and the rod as the, the, the restraining tool to keep people in line. He, God's a God of order. There's no, there is no father. There's a bunch of kids. There's no Jesus in the middle of it. It wasn't dark. We were all loved. All my older brothers and sisters helped out. But think of how much load that was on my sister, mm-hmm. on my mom. Um, so <laughs> she uh, had a lot of lot to deal with that she couldn't come and talk to me about. I wasn't a man yet. You know what I mean? I was just a kid. You know. So there's a lot of conversations that I never really had with her, like deep, um, deep conversations. Uh, I always look back on my life now, and I even have some brothers, and, my older brothers and sisters who are still here. Um, it's funny because it's like, I think this happens in a lot of families, maybe, if if there's that, that, that age gap, you don't know, you don't know who they are. Hmm. I think about my dad, like, I don't know who he was, like his past life, what he went through, my mom, like how she grew up as a kid. I don't know them. You just know them like they, they, they take care of me. Right. Mm-hmm. You don't know them. Like I, we can sit down and get to know each other now. You don't. So I like, I think about that. Like, man, you don't know them. So people who don't, who have jacked up relationships with their family members, like I encourage those people, like really like, like invest time into knowing you, you don't have to dig into everyone's dirt, but like get on a deeper level with your, even your own family members, because you'll, if they pass and you didn't, you'll regret it. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll regret it, you know, and it was just everything if it was just superficial. But, um, um, yeah, so she, um, my, now my life has changed. And now mm-hmm. it's like everybody's in the house and she's hustling, bustling, working, and p- putting food on the table. And it's, you know, it's pretty stressful for her. And now I'm out of high school. I'm getting, I got my first job. And, you know. Was it, was it like a situation where, the struggle is real, like poverty, like freaking, bar- or not too bad. Did she not 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 too bad? She she held she held her own pretty good. You know, I don't know how much money she was making. She worked for it's called Options Child Care Agency in Balm in Baldwin Park. Have you heard of that? Yeah, I yeah. Have. I'm from Baldwin Park. So oh, yeah. right on. So she she worked there her whole yeah, I know life. Exactly where that is. Yeah, right there off the 605. Right off the 605. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where she worked. You know, for forever. So she mm-hmm. did that and. uh and she she made it happen. She made it happen, man. Okay. She would always tell us if 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 I can get you anything, you know, I would. You know, if I can buy you anything, I would. You know, we had food. You know, she bought me my kicks. You know what I mean? She she when when I wanted it, my brother if he wanted a computer, she she would give it to us. You wow. know what I mean? So she 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 did good by the grace of God for sure right. that way. Then so, so tracking along, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Go ahead. No, no. So tracking along in the story. Yeah. We're, we're... So tracking along now. I'm, I'm uh, my oldest. I'm senior year high school. Uh, now I'm 18, whatever. And my oldest sister dies. And now we're all we're all there. Um, let's see where I'll go with this. Cause there's so many details. That, yeah, there's so many. Um, I'm digging it, bro. Yeah. I feel like I'm watching a movie. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Through all that, were you an angry type? Were you like mellow? Were you chill? Were you? Like... No, I wasn't angry. Okay. You know, I won't put. I won't put some people in my family on blast, but there was first surgeon some angry people. Gotcha. I have some angry siblings. Okay. Mm-hmm. Were right pretty on. pretty angry at life. You so you're just you're just trying to help. Yeah, my, I wasn't. I, I I wasn't angry. Okay. You know, I wasn't angry. Uh, there was fights in that home. You you can imagine. You know what I mean. Mexican. <laughs> yeah. Mexican yeah, home, Mexicans, bro. Yeah. You know, fights in that family, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with just the turmoil of, of all these kids growing up. Who yeah. who who was who was 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 Chente, bro? Uh, no, no, Chente. So Chente, uh, was Vince. Yeah. Was oldest, uh, closest in age to me. He has to be like twenty three. I'm thirty. Uh. And so we were roll dogs. He's my little nephew, and I brought him up. You know, showed him how to play basketball, and then he, you know, he probably got a little better than me. <laughs> if, he watch, if he watches this, cool, whatever. Shout out Chente, yeah. bro. Um, so you know, and so he, we were roll dogs. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, you know, so so you weren't really the angry type, though. No, I wasn't the angry type. It's a good question, dude. I, I was curious about mm. who you were in that scenario. Yeah, I guess I can I can speak to that. You know, I wasn't I didn't I wasn't angry. You know, I think God just had that on me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I. I, I, I the Bible talks about being chosen. You know what I mean? You know, God, he knows who are his. You sense that he had a plan for your life yeah, all the way. Yeah, for sure. The way I look at my, I think about Esther and it's like, you know, so for such a time as this, the Bible talks about a woman in the Bible named Esther that she had, she came to a pivotal point in her life that if she didn't make, if she made a decision one way or the other, it was going to affect lots of people. Mm. And I believe that God placed me. He knew I was going to be adopted. He knew where I was going to be. You know, he knew my life. He was going to guide my life. And for such a time as this, maybe not at this particular moment, but in my life now. I think this particular moment. I'm yeah. <laughs> you know, for, for such a time as this, this is where God where God had me right. be in this family. You know, so continue on in your story. Like, so you're... you're... Okay. So there's more death, yeah. unfortunately. What okay. happened? So um, now my sister's taking care of me, and I can't even remember. It becomes a blur. Um uh maybe oh okay so i meet my wife you know at a high school we're we're lifeguards so she was like the wendy peppercorn and i was like you know like wait, wait, you were a lifeguard i was like, yeah <laughs> wait, you're, telling swim, me, bro. you're telling me you weren't you weren't benny the jet bro you were <laughs> i wasn't benny the jet um even though i do wear pfs at my wedding because of Sandlot. Anyway, gotcha. I told you that's okay, my favorite, movie. All right. my favorite movie. Anyways, um, but I met her at the at the pool. You know what I mean? We were just friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, and we start dating. And uh, this is I'm not a Christian yet. And then about a year into me dating, I become a Christian. I get saved. My oh. yeah, my buddy Richard invites me to Calvary Golden Springs, and I start going. Uh, Do I know Richard? What Richard? His no. name is okay. Richard Aguirre. I don't think you know him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You may have seen him around, Maybe. but he invited me, and it wasn't like it's not like a crazy, you know, like crazy like story, but it's crazy in the sense that it's a miracle when God saves a sinner. And I started listening to the message. Raw just happened to be in one of the craziest books in the Bible, Daniel, and he's going through prophecy and, and mixing in the gospel, and I'm getting convicted and not understanding conviction. 
and now I'm getting convicted at the church and he's inviting me and then he stops inviting me and I'm like, oh, not stops inviting me, but he's, he, he's getting busy. So I'm like, oh, whatever, my mom lets me drive her car now. I'll just, I'll just go. So you just started, mm. you just kept going after yeah, an invite. Yeah, I'll, I'll just go. Wow. I'll just drive. And I remember I, t- I used to tell people I sat on the left, the sanctuary at Calvary Chapel Golden Springs, huge. I would sit on the left side, you know, far left on the same seat. I so like Rawls right. Rawls right. Okay, far right. Yeah, that, I, would, yep. I would sit yep. there, come in, listen to the messages, like trip out and just go out the same door and then talk, didn't go into the church right for out a that long, little backside door yeah. yeah i didn't go into the church for like a long time and then, then just getting convicted and went to a few altar calls <laughs> you know what i'm saying uh-huh. you know just fresh yeah. dude yeah oh, me too me too bro <laughs> so there's not like a, a struggle like a big struggle of like pulling of like re- you really having to rip away or people convincing you to come to church it was just like somebody invited you and you're just yeah. like that's kind of a testimony down, itself you know? though like just some people, you just got to invite them, you know? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Because <laughs> yeah. he wow. didn't even keep going with you, uh-huh. and you, like, on your own started driving there. That's yeah, insane. Man. Well, I'm looking at the miracle of the story, though, because you have this kid in this scenario, and then it's just, like, I do see the hand of God. Like, for by the time you get in there, it's not even, like you said, like a fight. You're just, you're, you're there where God has always planned for you to be yeah. and brings you in, right? So Definitely. So then what happens? Like, so, so then, you know, now I'm, 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 I'm dating my, my girlfriend at the time, now my wife, and, and she comes to faith about a year after, so kind of out of a Christian Did background. you start inviting her because you were going? Is yeah, that, okay. we were friends, and I started, I went, there was some event, there's so many events at the church, I invited her, we're sitting there, and then she's, she's you know, going through her own mental, you know, thing, thinking about the gospel and thinking about her, her life, and God's doing a work in her life, period, mm-hmm. you know, and then she, she gives her life to the Lord, and, you know, and now she sees a difference because she had a little more of a Catholic up backbringing upbringing and there's a lot of differences and what nationality is she my, my wife is uh filipino and uh irish her oh dad, dude, that's catholic catholic right <laughs> yeah, there. yeah that's, so, that's so true yeah for sure so she's filipino and irish so her dude, dad's uh, don't make full, her mad <laughs> her she's full filipino her dad's full filipino and her mom's just full irish like like dirty blonde hair blue eyes so my son judah Four years old, he is black, Irish, and Filipino. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's he, why he's such a handsome kid. Though he's bro. a handsome. My son is handsome, dude. People used to tell me, "Do you have to put a, a plastic bag over that kid's head?" Because you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I think that's murder, bro. Yeah, my my buddy would always say that. I thought it was stupid <laughs> but um, yeah, he has like super long curly I've eyelashes. People him, think dude. he's a girl sometimes because his eyelashes are huge, and he has like long curly That's hair funny. but he's just like a little pretty boy anyways um so but, you get saved she starts coming she gets saved yes and in there you know she, I mean, we're not always coming to church together i'm a lot i'm still kind of coming you know on my own a lot mm-hmm. and then i'll jump into this story real quick um during that time 2009 10 ish that's when the whosoever started cracking mm-hmm. off. And then I'm going to the church. I'm there on a Wednesday, and there's one of the pastors there at the church. I don't know anybody there yet. I'm sitting there, and it's Wade O'Neill, and he's behind me. And I'll never forget, and maybe he doesn't even maybe he doesn't remember, but he just called me out, and he didn't know who I was. Remember, I was coming in, going out, and he probably saw me. And I said, hey, you should think about, you should pray about coming on the whosoever Friday nights and maybe helping out to help. Uh, all right, cool. And then I started helping out with the whosoever's, um, ushering at the church. You know what I mean? He's just like, I don't know what I'm doing here. He gives me help. And we're going to prayer and just helping. 
And then that snowballed into Wade getting married. He got married and he calls me into his office. He's like, hey, you're going to take take the security, head of security-ish wow. here on Friday nights. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. So then that just transitioned into me like kind of heading up the back end of Friday nights with Sean McKeon and some of these other guys. And then I'm just I'm just there doing that. Well, security, you know, like helping people in the green room, getting things set up, volunteers and positioning volunteers. Mm-hmm. I'm doing that. And then um, I went on a couple of mission trips with Scott, who was on this show. If you guys haven't caught that show, catch it with Scott Selmat. Shout out Scott. Um, real shout quick, out Scott. Yeah. Um, love Scott. A lot to him. He uh, And then went a couple of mission trips with him. You were on a couple of those mission trips. Mm-hmm. And now God, long story short, as far as ministry and the church, God's like starting to like pour into me more. I took a couple Bible college classes. Now I'm growing. The Bible says, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's what's happening. God's naturally, organically doing that with me. He's growing me. I'm mm-hmm. growing in the faith and, and, and becoming stronger in the faith. Going through, you know, hard times and battles, temptations like everybody else, but I'm growing. Um, then it comes to the point where I'm like, I got to get married. I've been with my, <laughs> with my girlfriend for a little too long and I'm thinking about marriage and and God does a you know a crazy thing, and uh, and you know and He provides for me to get to, to get married. And I'm gonna get married, and I get the funds, you know, and I get the ring, and now I'm getting married, right? And uh, uh, we get married. It's a, it's an amazing wedding. I'm so happy. I love my wife, and uh, we're just happy, happy young couple. And um, you know, my mom is super happy. My mom's at the wedding. You know, my sister. And she's crying. We're doing the whole thing. We're doing our first dance. She's like bawling her eyes out. She can't believe it. You know, her son, she's seen me go through so much. She's seen me get saved. She respected it. Got me a Bible, you know, and wrote in that Bible. I still have her notes that she wrote. I know if you have God in your life, you'll always have peace. She wrote that in my Bible that she got me. It was like an ESV Bible. And, you know, I I read it. And it was all all good, you know. And then um, me and, uh, you know, we get... Um, I don't want to jack it up. Where am I at? Oh, so this is pretty hard. Then, basically, the night that we find out, the night that we find out that we're, the day we find out we're pregnant, um, if I'm not mistaken, the next day, my I'm getting blown up at 2.30 by my brother, blowing my phone up, blowing my phone up. We're sleeping on the couch, blowing my phone up. It's like it's not good. You're getting blown up at 2 30 in the morning by your oldest brother. Blow me up. I finally answer it and we gotta go to the hospital because, you know, um, my my sister, my mom had a heart attack. So now I'm at the hospital and I find out we're having uh, we're pregnant and my mom dies. She doesn't get to see my son. So I'm like, dude, this is pretty hardcore. If I look back in hindsight, I'm like, it's pretty rough. You know what I mean? It's mm. rough. So that was that was hard, yeah. Dang, that bro. was that was hard. So she 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 passed away from a heart attack. And the crazy thing is, um, uh, by God's grace, I was able to see her um, the night before. So I was already out of the house, living, you know, me and Tina, and uh, I had this pen. This is God's grace. I had this pen. I had this tactical pen that I wanted from like one of those like China sites, <laughs> and, and I wanted it forever. And it took like three months to get to me, one of those things. I'm like, dude, where's my freaking pen? I forgot about the pen that I ordered it. It was like a black tactical pen, the window breaker, whatever it's cool. I yeah. thought it was pretty cool <laughs> and have it in my back pocket. <laughs> but um, 
it t I forgot about it. And then I remember I have a new address now and my mom calls me, hey, this, this, you have a package here at the house for you the oh, night before. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. But before I go home, I'll stop by. It was like eight at night. She was just chilling in her spot and I go over there and we chop it up. We're talking. And keep in mind too, before she passed, like when I got saved, I shared the gospel with her more than anyone. Um, she struggled with it, the gospel, hearing it um, for her own reasons, for sure. Struggled mm -hmm. back and forth um, with with what the gospel was and listening to it and re receiving it. Um, I'm sure she heard the gospel before I shared it with her in her past and mm -hmm. for her own reasons, like struggled with it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but um, I did share the, I've shared the most with her out of anyone in my family, my mom. And, uh, but um, I went that night cause my pen and I saw her, I chopped it up with her, kissed her, told her I love her, you know, just relaxed. And then that, and then the next day, you know, she passed, she passed away. So wow. God gave me that. Wow, you know, dude. yeah, crazy, you know, because God knows, God knows, mm. and, and who knows, I don't know, you know, I shared the gospel with her, who knows, in her, in her dying moments, yeah. you know, what God did with, what God did with yeah, her. Yeah, with those seeds planted in her, inside of yeah. her heart, and like you said, not just once, but like many times, yeah. you know, many times, got, um, got into it. And, and I, I've dealt with that, that stuff too, and one of the things that I always, I always thank the Lord so much is that I'm, I'm, I don't understand what's beyond this side. And when I get there, I will. Yeah. But until then, I just do all that I can. And then we're, whatever whatever crosses that line of past this earth, dude, that's in God's hands. Yeah. He's more gracious than I am. So yeah. I just I just yep. leave it at that. But For sure. it's, it's a wild story, like um, just tracking your story. It's like, it's like a movie, dude. Like this kid who gets brought home adopted and then your life is so perplexed by situation not because of necessarily what you are doing it's just coming upon you yeah and i gotta be honest dude the, the most beautiful lives i've ever been in contact with have been people who their story is circumstantial not just like deci poor decisions that they're making Cause I, I just want to, I don't know if you've noticed this before about your story, but your story is not as much you, cause we hear testimonies here at this, you know, podcast. And a lot of times the story, his story, even my story, many other stories is these stories of like a kid who was just like fighting and rebelling and, and doing bad. And I know you, I know you had bad in your life For and sure. stuff like that, but you, but you're just really this kid who's just sort of falling into these scenarios of life yeah. that are not normal scenarios, yeah. you know, and yet God's brought you all this way, bro. Like, and, and, and I can't imagine, dude, I mean, I, mean, I, I know, you know, I know what it's like to have tremendous loss dude, but I can't imagine how, how tough that might've been and how monumental that might've been that simultaneously while you're finding out that, that you have a, a child on the way, you're also finding out that hmm. you're also losing yeah. the, the most important person aside from your wife that you have left on on the earth you right. know and uh and i know i could tell bro that you're i mean you're choosing not to to make this a drama scene but i, I could i could feel the weight of that yeah. scenario bro yeah. and um what a what a crazy thing we were just talking to steve cameron you know his story about his dad who was in a coma for eight years he mm -hmm. said right mm -hmm. and uh and and it's funny though I, I see a similarity between you two in the sense that and I shared this with him too in the sense that there's something special 
about a servant of God who has endured suffering that wasn't suffering by his own hands, mm-hmm. but was circumstantial suffering because you can know for certain that God brought you there. See, there's things in my life, bro, that are like terrible, but I put myself there yeah. and I realized that God wanted to protect me from that stuff. Yeah. But then there's things in my life that God put me there, bro. Like yeah. I couldn't, I didn't do that. And that stuff has always bared fruit in my life. And yeah. I know, and I know that it's bearing fruit in your life, whether you realize it or not. And it's yeah. going to continue to do that. So what a trip. Though, yeah. Right? yeah. 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 I, I wanted to say during that season that you lost your mom, I remember you. I remember, uh, who you were to me during that season. And despite the suffering that you were going through, you were loving me. You were like, hey, come with me to the Ryan Reese thing. Yeah. <laughs> and throughout that, like, if I if you wouldn't have told me the suffering that you were going through, I would have I wouldn't have known. Yeah. That's because God was giving you that strength. He, I I w- loved how God made that made you wait for the pen. Yeah. Yeah. That's like crazy. Yeah, that to was me. crazy because yeah, it's yeah. like you're like, what the heck? Where's this pen? And sometimes I think people struggle with waiting for whatever it is that they're wanting, and they don't realize that God has His yeah. sovereign plan just preparing them so they could see His goodness. Yeah, God's sovereign, man. He's in. He's definitely in control. Uh, he 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 is one hundred percent in control of, you know, just this world. He's he's. There's nothing that gets past him. And, Especially for those who are called according to his purposes, he, mm. you gotta be. You got the Bible says, "Walk by faith." I was telling the guys I worked the other day that word "faith" can be so. You know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like faith, like it could be anything. Like faith, faith. Mm. You know, like, I have faith, and people yeah. say that. Yeah. Like, like, okay, but it's who you have faith in? A vague, a very yeah, vague. It's vague. Uh-huh. Yes, it's vague. You know, it's broad and sweeping. You know, but we're called to walk. Um, to walk by faith, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? To walk by, and that, that, that means you're trusting that God knows way more than you, the beginning and the end. You know, the beginning, and he, he knows really the end. And, and that takes a measure of faith to walk by and, and trusting that he's a sovereign God that knows all things, he knows outcomes. And to walk in his will, what did Jesus say? He said, um, my food, you know, is to do the will, you know, of, of the Father, to do the will of him who sent me. That brought sustenance to his life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and the, and and that mean that, and for us as Christians, as individuals, as people, that means we we are called to to walk in the will of God to bring sustenance to our life too. But you don't you're you're we're finite. We don't know what's going to happen to us in the next five minutes. So you have to walk by faith. Mm-hmm. You have to. You know you, you don't you don't know. You know what I mean? And it, it's more than just like well since it's out of my hands and I don't know I guess I'm walking by faith. No, it, it means that you are you are. Uh, surrendered and okay with what God has laid out for you. And even if it includes suffering, mm-hmm. you're okay with it. Even if it includes heartache and loss and, and, and um, at God's hand, because he's because or- he's orchestrated it. Um, just as Paul and the Bible learned to be live with a bunch, the Bible says, I'm paraphrasing, I've learned to live with a bunch of stuff and I've learned to live with like being poor. That You have to be able to live to, to be, um, being able to live when you ha- when there's a lot of suffering and heartache, and when it's all like smooth roads, I mean, smooth smooth road, you got to be able to live like that, you know. Because without it, then you're if you don't have that mindset, then you you, you become anxious, and fearful, and you fret against everything, and 
Um, it, it, it affects your disposition. It affects how you are with people. And um, you have a decision. You have the choices. God's giving you a free will to make choices in which direction you're going to go. I'm not like saying, like, don't sit there and cry about it. We mourn and we weep because we should. Why do we mourn and cry and weep? I, I always trip out when I see even people in my family who mourned, who look, seem to be seemingly mourned way more than me and call themselves atheists. Why? We mourn because we can't get away from the fact that it's wrong that we die. God never intended that people die. We're not, we're not supposed to die, mm. right? Um, God desires for us to live, and we mourn because it's, it's wrong. But God has come to redeem death. So I've even had, there's been a lot of death in my family. But Jesus came and died on the cross. Uh, the Bible says um, in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, that he's come to destroy the works of the devil, you know, to, 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 to basically the devil had us captive because of fear of death. And Jesus has abolished that. Mm. He destroyed it. Who People who were all their lifetime subject to fear of death, he's freed them from that. Mm. Um, Jesus redeems us from that. And so, you know, he, he's, he's, I mean, I, I, I look at my life and I think about it in hindsight. I don't think I think about my life enough and what God has brought me to. Mm. And it's this table that's forcing me to think more. And it's really bringing glory to God, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, you know, in my own, I think it's bringing, I would pray, pray that it would bring glory to God because in my own life, what it's doing, it, it's giving me a greater gratitude for God. Just listening to myself talk about these things because I don't talk about them a lot. Mm. But it's, it's like, I'm so grateful to God. He's so gracious. He's been so gracious on me because I ain't, I ain't perfect. Mm. I have my own struggles like, like, like every dude in the world. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Dark times for sure, stuff that I struggled with and just yeah. Um just a lot of stuff. But man, God has been so gracious. You know, what did it say in the Bible? Like, oh Jesus asked his disciples at one point because a bunch of people just peaced out because they weren't gonna get any bread from Jesus. He yeah. said, You guys wanna bounce? Yeah. Where are we gonna go? Right. You have the words of eternal life. Yeah. So like where the heck am I going to go? <laughs> you know, I think about my life, like, what the heck am I going to do? God's been so gracious to me. It'd be mm. so foolish. Have I run in, in ways? For sure. Mm. But because we're prone to wander, you know, but you can't run from, you can't run from God. Like, mm. why would you want, I don't want to, yeah. you know what I mean? You, you touch on an interesting subject when you say suffering. So for me, suffering it gives us a huge sign that something is wrong, like you said. It tells us, like, this world, there's something wrong with it. Mm -hmm. If there wasn't suffering, then we'd be jumping off buildings and surviving. Yeah. But suffering, that's a hard one for people who are looking at Christianity because they're saying, if God, why suffering? Mm -hmm. and I think that's a topic that you and I have dived into a little bit whenever we're talking about apologetics. And I'm curious... When we talk about things like wars, rape, death, murder, how do you answer that question to somebody who's saying, if God is real, like, then is he looking down on us as like this evil like master puppeter? How do we answer those types of questions? I kind of want to pick your brain mm -hmm. on those thoughts. Yeah, no, for sure. That, that, that's, that's, that's a question that everybody has. A lot of people have. It's a question that you actually should have you're a normal human being, you know, even as Christians, you know, mm -hmm. like, why is there suffering in the world? Why, you know, what the heck is going on? You know, it's a jungle out there. I said it earlier, it's a jungle out there. You know, is God in control? Is confusion and disorder everywhere, you know? And um, you, what I explain to people is that 
uh, like what I was explaining earlier, is that God is a God of redemption. Okay, uh, we all understand that part of part of um, being a, a free moral agent is that we have the the ability to choose. Um, I think we've had those those thoughts. I'm sure maybe people who are listening have or haven't, but we can choose. And so, because God wants us to freely uh, love Him um, without being forced or coerced, He gives us the option to choose Him or reject mm. Him. To choose God is to choose life. Mm. God is He is life. Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life." Okay, mm. He is life. To choose God is life. To not choose life, to not choose life is to not choose Jesus. To not choose Jesus is to choose destruction and death. Um, when we decided. When sin entered the world and man and, um, rebelled against God and sin entered the world, we chose death. We chose death. And it, it, God said, and what he says is true, that it will bring forth death. It will bring, and not, and not, only, not only death, it will bring forth heartache and pain. And you will have to work by the sweat of your brow. My eyes are red. I looked in the bathroom. My eyes are red from work today, <laughs> from looking at the computer, dealing with people. That's the sweat on my brow. I literally sweat at work. Some people sweat more than others. It wasn't supposed to be like that. It's a little harder. And so there, there's pain. But if we know, like I was saying earlier, that we mourn because there's something wrong, that should the next question that should follow is, is there anything to correct this pain? Is there any, is there any outlet? Is there any, is there any freedom from this pain that we all experience? And what people tend to forget is that our people tend not only some people tend to forget some people tend to not want to believe is that the gospel is God's redemption plan he's the God who redeems and people forget that this world that we live on is temporal even though 100 percent of us die we forget and people don't know that God has prepared a place where there will be no more pain sorrow and suffering we look at this world like well it's taking forever well, why doesn't he do it now? Mm -hmm. He's ta it's taking a really long time for him to redeem this. And we have no concept of eternity and God's idea of time. Mm -hmm. It's not very long. It's not long at all. He's coming quickly. And he's pre prepared a place where there's no more pain, sorrow, and suffering. And it was by, by means of the Jesus Christ going to the cross. Our chief, my chief goal, our chief goal and aim in life is, is Jesus himself, right? Is Jesus himself. Jesus says, we will what? Let's go up to Jerusalem. He said to his disciples at one point, we were going, we're going up to Jerusalem. And he knew that going up to Jerusalem meant that it's, I'm going to die mm -hmm. for your sins of the world. Right? Mm -hmm. And like we talked about his obedience earlier, his obedience to do the will of the Father was in tandem with him going up to Jerusalem, knowing that he was going to die mm -hmm. for the sins of the world. And uh, when he did that, he opened up the floodgates and the opportunity for me and you to actually enter into a place where there will be no more pain, sorrow, and suffering. But guess what? It doesn't happen. Maybe I don't get that until maybe another 50 years, if I live 50 years, or maybe maybe tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I get that. But it's coming. God has set out the plan. People, for, people forget that. People mm -hmm. forget that. Um, and, it, and I understand how people forget that because we live in a world that is yeah. domin dominated by, um, by chatter, confusion, and, and uh, um, sin. A sin crazed world and it, like Mikey said earlier it it uh, it blinds people mm. yeah blind we live in darkness yeah yeah I recently got sent sorry so no, um, I, I follow this like boxing analyst um, Instagram 
and he just he just talks about like you know certain things that fighters are doing that people don't realize and i made a comment on one of like his points and i just pointed something out that i noticed and then all of a sudden i i got uh, followed by an ex like boxing champion like he saw what i posted and then he commented on what i posted and then he friend requested me and he started following me so i was like oh crazy ex champion like following me i was kind of tripped out mm-hmm. but then um i started noticing in his post because i followed him back that he was super positive guy good dude like helping people all this other stuff he was very atheist like like he made little comments like when people would be like oh god bless or whatever like no like and and then i could sense because if you look at mine i don't post a lot of religious stuff but you could sense that he was um like he he went back in some of my posts and then commented on like my old posts there i mentioned things about god and then he sent me a direct message that said and this this would have me thinking bro he said um to believe that there's a God who's always watching is to believe that God was up there watching a bunch of little kids who have been raped or molested mm. and did nothing in those scenarios. He sent me that, right? Yeah. And I, and I, I think a Christian's nature is to like respond immediately like, yeah. Oh, you yeah. know, and, and instead I, I just was like, I just took it to God. And the first thing I did was, was analyze how how tough that reality really is yeah right, right? It's, a, so, it's, it's a tough reality can i say something like that? yeah please it's do. a it's a tough reality and this 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 answer can seem pretty insensitive it really can't like what i'm what i how i think i'm gonna articulate and say this it can sound very insensitive but it's i think it's a portion of reality it's, it's a bit um this, don't get me wrong and i'll explain myself but for an atheist um who says you know you know there is no god there's no god all we are is matter in motion we're just protoplasm. We're actually random. And all there is is the material world. So what? So what if someone got raped? If someone gets killed? Isn't it? What happens if you gave me a bottle of Dr. Pepper right now? And I shook up and I shook up the Dr. Pepper and I took the lid off. What happens? It, it just, blows up. Yeah. It blows up. It just fizzes. It's just science. It just fizzes. It's just, it's, just, it's just what happens. So aren't we all right now just fizzing? We're just fizzing. Mm-hmm. If all there is is if all we are is matter in motion, we're bags of protoplasm bumping into each other. And it's random. There's no overarching architect of what's going on here. We're just fizzing. We're matter in motion. What is his premise or anyone's premise to say that something is evil? If someone says, "Well, that's evil. That's horrible." On what premise? Yeah. You have you have no. It's you, it's arbitrary. It's not not right to you, but it feels good to rape, for that guy to rape that girl. But you're saying it. Why are you infringing on his ability or wow. feelings to say that? You know, I like it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's wrong. On what premise? Yeah. On my own feelings. It's art now. Like it's, you now just it's said arbitrary. you don't believe in God. So why why is it? Oh, because it's because it's wrong. Oh, why? And do you know why people get like that? Because they're made in the image of God and they can't run from the reality that God has placed the moral law in their heart. That's why he knows it's wrong. Yep. Because God's put that in his heart because he's made in the image of God. The yeah. animal kingdom doesn't trip out. The animal kingdom doesn't set up mm-hmm. courts, court system. Mm-hmm. Right. They don't do that. 
because you're not made in the image of God. Right. That that lion doesn't feel sorry that it ate the baby freaking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, the baby lion. You yeah, know I mean? like, you're not gonna get. You're not. Your mane's not gonna get bigger than mine. Yeah. You know, like That's all I'll he eat cared you. about. Yeah. I don't care. I'll eat you because you're gonna step on step on my toes. See you later. Yeah. And then the animal kingdom set up courts. Why? Because right. they're not made in the image of God. We are made in the image of God. Mm. He is struggling with that because he's made in God's image. And when we as Christians have to point that reality that he is, he's, he's, he's borrowing from the Christian worldview mm-hmm. that people, you would ask, I would ask him, turn around and ask him, do you think that those girls, and this is obviously a rhetorical question, those mm-hmm. girls who maybe were raped, those kids who were raped, do you think they have dignity and, and intrinsic worth and value to where if somebody come and violates their sexuality that that's wrong? He would say yes. Where do you get intrinsic worth dignity and value in a world that is all random and that is just no, there's no fizzy. god yep. and there is no god where do you get that where are you getting that from hmm. you get it because yeah, you're made yeah. in the image of god and, and you can't run from it right so you will you'll always have people who are atheists who will always contradict themselves they will hmm. always end up in some way shape or form borrowing from the christian worldview dignity uh value worth comes from a god who gives you that dignity worth and value yeah if you have a moral law, you have to have a moral law giver. Yeah. yeah. So, so what did you say to him? <laughs> I I uh I knew that I knew that um the social media interaction is limited in person mm. to face to face conversation. Yeah, yeah you but, can get lost, man. But but what I said to him was um listen man, I the terrible things are happening everywhere in the world and you can go through those things with or without God. I've had terrible things happen in my life and I've been through terrible things without God and I've been through terrible things where I had the promises of God. And I said, I I guarantee you that the lasting damage of whatever's happened to a child or a person is far worse without the Lord's redemptive promise yeah. than than to than a person who knows that God is a God of restoring that which has been destroyed and yeah. and and then he he didn't respond and then afterwards uh I sent I sent him another message like later like like a day later and uh I said you know I had I had my questions about a good God you know when my mom got cancer when I was 7 and you know, I saw a lady get raped when I was seven on the side of a liquor store. I also was taken into a room and forced to watch pornography when I was seven years old. And also when I was seven years old is when I got saved. And so you have this contrast of extremity all in one year of my life. But what I've come to know is that there's a verse in the Old Testament that has always ministered to me. And I, I sent him this, and that is, the Bible says that the sun shines and the rain falls on both the righteous and unrighteous alike. And that means that there's good people that rain is falling on, and there's bad people that sun is shining on, and there's good people that sun is shining on, and there's bad people that rain is falling on. But the difference is those who know the Lord know his promises, yeah. and those who don't just die without him. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, again conversations over social media are dangerous because they don't require the responsibility 
of looking a person in the face. Yeah. Mm. When you when you talk to a person and you're looking at them, it 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 requires of you to be honest or be a liar. Yeah. You mm. know, in social media you could hide. You don't you don't have to. But I'll tell you one thing that God has given me, bro, is when I look a man in the eye, he, it is very telling. Yeah. Like it's crazy. It's awesome, actually, when you're talking to a person, let's say an atheist or let's say a person, whatever their views are that are mm-hmm. different than yours, mm-hmm. is when you can see in their eyes that they've orchestrated a lie for their point and you call them on it. Yeah. You tell them, hey, man, there's nothing worse than going home to bed at night and knowing that the reason why you were able to walk away from a conversation confidently is because you lied. Yeah. Mm. Because a Christian yes, doesn't yes. have to have that. He can tell the truth. Yeah. I, there's nothing I love more than to look a person in the eye and say, I don't know when I don't know. Yeah. Because believe me, there's some things I don't know. Bro. Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> but, but what I do know, what I do know is heavy in conviction. And, and I watch, you talked about Ben Shapiro earlier, and you watch when a person is saying something that's making a person's wheels turn. Mm-hmm. And, and they either subject change or admit mm-hmm. they either like, oh, well, what about this? Or right. they look and be like, dang, well, that's this, true. <laughs> well, this is the thing with our culture, like, with, to what you're saying, is um, I don't know who said it. Maybe it was like, maybe it was Ravenhill. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody, Ravenhill is is just uh, he's, he's dead and gone now. He's a, he's a pastor, but um, I, I don't know who said it. Yeah. But there was a time in in our our society and our culture where men. And I can't tell you what, you know, generation, right, right, the right. 20s or the 30s. But there was a time where when a thing was to be proven true, men would change their minds because it was true. I love that. Nowadays, there's so much pride built up in the heart of man that if a thing is proven to be true, they, 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 they will not change their, their mind and stance. They will, they will not change their mind. And that has everything to do with the pride of man. Pride comes before destruction. Pride hardens you from to be able to turn to truth. Mm-hmm. Jesus, that pride is what God hates pride. It says it's a foul stench in his nostrils, so to speak. And um, I have to be not so arrogant and pompous and cavalier to think that I could, that 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 I have all the answers. I have to be humble enough to be able to say I can be wrong about many things. God, God, and that's the key. Not like you know, psychologist or whatever. God, because He's the author of truth. God, correct me and place me in truth. That's why people don't come to salvation. There's no salvation without truth, mm. right? That's why I think it says in First John, if you say you have no sin, like you're a liar. Mm-hmm. You're a liar, and the truth is not in you. Say you have sin. That's the beginning. Say you have sin. Not just only say it, but you only say it if you like you really believe it, mm. and 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 come to that. It, that's why it's a miracle when people come to salvation because it means that they have come to realization that they are wrong, and they change their mind. Willing to change. They yeah. change. And what does mm. the word repent mean? Jesus says repent that's and believe. Good. What does the word repent mean? It means change. They change their mind. How hard is it to change the mind? of some person on social media today. Yeah. Heck no, dude. They, they, people just grit, just like grit their teeth, bear down on their point of views yeah. and are unwilling to change. I, we have talked to people, spoken to people and given them truth of the word. And you know that they're just dancing around and they know that you're, 
it's just a it's like an intellectual battle and they're losing and mm-hmm. but they won't admit it you know they, they, they won't admit it and um yeah to speak to that that's that there was a time where people would change their mind but it's a lot harder today mm-hmm. and so it, it does take a measure of patience and greater amounts of prayer because remember i keep saying it's a miracle when people repent so miracles yeah. okay are 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 not intellectual they they come from the spirit of god mm. you know god works miracles not man maybe he uses man as his instrument as his pen mm. um, by which he's going to wield the miracle that's where the power of god of the, the the gospel message the power of god inside a man's mouth he speaks it to another individual they get saved you were just you were just used um if someone changes we, what do we say when people are like, oh, I couldn't believe that guy got saved? What do we, we say that? <laughs> I can't believe he got saved. How did that happen? I would have mm-hmm. never thought. Like, mm-hmm. I can't believe it. You know, the miracle of God, they changed. It's a big thing to change someone's mind. Yeah. And if we're trying to force people to change their mind by means of the flesh, meaning by means of, you know, uh, uh, aha, aha, got you. Like, mm-hmm. maybe some people are, you know, humble enough to be like, oh, man, it did get me, you know, but it ain't going to change their right. life. I'm not going to change. Remember when I was talking about earlier the four different like yeah, um, I was tripping on the that. four different I learned that I uh, I I think um, I think John MacArthur speaks on that and he spoke to that and I was reflecting on that a lot mm-hmm. and it's that 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 sword uh, of the gospel the gospel message it, it cuts what does the Bible say about the word of God it cuts to the deepest parts of man that is what the the the, the gospel message is what changes the whole of a man. I watch guys online, you know, who have these, you know, these these podcasts and these videos, and they speak about, they speak against like crazy immoral issues in the world, and they come against it, but they never mention that. They kind of have a Christian background. There's a few guys I know that I listen to. Jason Whitlock, he speaks on sports, and he know he has a Christian background, and he exposes, you know, these crazy fallacies on, you know, with with our world and the, the social unrest. But he doesn't speak towards the gospel and towards the heart of a man. And I always, I always had that in the back of my mind. Sure, you can you can correct people all day long about what's immoral, what's right, and what's wrong. But if the gospel message is not there, the gospel message is the only thing that changes the whole of a man. You can reform a man. I can. I think people can. I think I can build up enough self will to to stop doing things. Mm. And I yeah. think you can. I think people can get very. Monks do it. Yeah, yeah. they right. get very far in just denying bad things in their life. Sure, and they go, but um, as you're gaining up self will to not do things, you're actually going further and further. Those are like the furthest people from God because it's the work of God that changes a man. Yeah, you know, not your own. We know yeah. that not your own works. The, it's not by works. The will of man into a victory is not redemption of his soul. Yeah, me and Ivan were. I was just talking to Ivan about this last night. I had a friend. I wish I could have heard that conversation. <laughs> you guys keep referring <laughs> to it because I had this friend who I'll meet up with. He's from the world. Um, super intellectual, super smart, super loving, uh, really bright guy, and someone I've poured into and, and given him the gospel truth over the last maybe four or five years, uh, probably four years, and. He went from being atheist, completely not believing God, to I had some conversations with him, and then he was like, okay, you know what? I believe there's a God out there. He went agnostic. Went from being agnostic to then believing, okay, 
Jesus is real and he is God, gave his life to the Lord. And then a few weeks later, quickly just like kind of like rejected Jesus entirely. Years have gone by and I still keep touch with him. More recently we had this conversation and I had a, as we started to get into it, I had to just start praying in my mind like, okay, God, because like it was getting kind of like, I could feel it getting deep and I could also feel it uh, myself, like the, the temptation to get frustrated with him. And he was upset with God because he's looking for answers right now. Here's the crazy thing. He's been praying every night for like a year straight to God, he says, he claims. And right now in this season in his life, everything's been like kind of messed up because of COVID, uh, a lot of closed doors, and he's kind of frustrated. And he has like kind of like opportunities right now, doors he could go through. And he's like, he's like, hey, like, what do you do when you're at a crossroads and you're praying to God and he's not answering? And he, he calls me and tells me this and I'm like, okay. Cause I know like the state of his heart towards Jesus right now. So I'm like, this is not just like a simple, like, conversation I could just have right now in two seconds. Yeah. So I meet up with them. Uh, we hung out. I gave him two things. First, I was like, I'm going to tell you what I would tell somebody who is at church, going to church. I'm going to give you instructions of, of I would give to a believer who's seeking the will of God in their life. And then I'm going to give you some something that I will personally tell you specifically. Um, so that went really well. Prayed with him. We left the next day he calls me or he texts me actually in the middle of the night and he's like hey man like god did something crazy last night like uh i want to talk to you and so i call him i'm excited and he's like dude i saw this video i'll send it to you and he starts going through this video of how this video is explaining why pleasure is bad for us and how like immorality getting deep into when you, when you give over to pleasure entirely, it's bad for you as a human being. And it really breaks it down, but I'm listening to it and it sounds super like new age Buddhist mentality. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, like it's like the plans for good and for success and good morality without Christ entirely. Mm. That's without bringing him into this. Yeah. So as I'm listening to, to him explain the video to me and I was like, I don't know what's crazy, bro. It's like, I believe like in that, in certain truths that mm-hmm. you're saying, like in everything, what you're saying sounds great. I was like, here's the thing I'm scared of. I'm scared you're going to try to mm-hmm. now pursue uh, morality yeah. for yourself apart from, you able to catch a, apart from Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. I don't want you to, to, to think that you can have salvation without Jesus. And then from there, <laughs> at that point I was cool. But then he, he started to say, well, I tried Jesus and it, it, it didn't work. And I was like, yeah, but you, you rejected Jesus. Like you tried and then you went, went back to your sin. He's like, well, I had to because the Bible teaches that like too much is given, much is required. I didn't want to have a worse punishment if I dug deeper into you God. Yeah. And so I was like, no, you didn't have to. And this is when I started to feel it like myself, like, like, Nope. <laughs> and I had to pull, pull back and say, okay, God, give me, give me the strength right now. And I was like, no, you, you didn't have to. And he's like, you know, I had to. And I was like, no, 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 you made a choice. You made the decision. And he was like, okay. And then he reworded it. He's like, I made the decision. 
long story short, we got to that point, and I, I was like, look, you take a Buddhist monk. He has sinned in his life. All men have sinned, okay? There's nobody who is not sinned. If you're human, you, you have sin in you. I was like, sin has to be punished. It has to be met with a punishment. So whether it's just, let's say they made a tiny white lie in their entire life, they deserve hell. Because in order to be get into heaven, you have to be perfect. It requires perfection. I was like, the only way we can be perfect is by the blood of Jesus. And he was like, okay. Like, he understood it. He, I know he's like, he's yeah. battling right now. Yeah, for sure. But I realized like, man, that's something scary to me that people can follow that, that idea of like, I'm a good person. Therefore, you know why? I'm going to go into heaven. Do you want to know why people are able to do that and why he was probably going down that road and why he is probably going down that road? The Bible says, I don't know what verse it says it, but that most each man will proclaim his own goodness. Mm. The Bible says that most each most men will proclaim their own goodness and that men esteem themselves more highly than they ought to. That's mm. what the Bible mm. says. Um, and that that brings a sense of, of pleasure to, the, to, to his psyche, even though he's talking about running from pleasure. I'm not trying to get too psychological and deep, mm-hmm. but like there is a sense of a uh, pat on the back that if I can um, muster up enough, you know, goodness and morality in my life, then I'm I'm cool. I'm mm-hmm. good, and it's a it's a it's an intellectual pat on the back mm-hmm. on their conscience, um, so that they can proclaim mm-hmm. their own goodness. You know, it always it always trips me out um, when men begin to hold God accountable from their perspective. And, and they're justified in their own mind for doing so. They're like, well, if God, even like that guy sent me that message, okay, you're saying God's real. Like, like so they're going to they're gonna hold God accountable. So, you know, just on that, like, let's just dumb down that scale. Like, imagine a child walking into a restaurant and saying, I would like a dinner plate of all chocolate. And I want you to give it to me for free. <laughs> and if you and if you don't, then this isn't a good restaurant. <laughs> and I'm writing like, a Yelp review. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you look at the ridiculousness of that. And what makes what makes that ridiculous? It's ridiculous. One that it's a little kid. Two that it's an establishment that follows rule. Right? Like you buy something, you pay for it. Has a menu with what's available at this place. Right? And and the the child who's the lesser in the scenario walking into the restaurant who's the the inhabitant of the scenario the thing that makes that story funny is because this little tiny child is trying to hold this establishment of adults and law and rule accountable yeah that's very and good. and the thing that always shifts me out is men know that if there's a god they're smaller than him, right? <laughs> no, they know. Really they good. know that yeah, he good. he must be huge, right, and big, and all knowing, and bigger. Certainly, the distance between an establishment and a child is closer than the distance between one of us and God, that's right? Really good, yeah. So, um, so yet, men will still like your friend who's like, you know, I was trying to believe, I was believing in God, but then I got angry at him, and now I don't believe in him no more. Mm-hmm. Like that statement alone is like, hey, if you're my friend, then I'll believe you're really here. 
But if you're not going to tell me what I want to hear, then I don't really believe you're in this room anymore. You know what I mean? Like there's a, there is there, a cavalier pompous attitude. Yeah, to and it's, yeah. it's very intriguing to me to, to, I wonder sometimes when people are saying these things, if they realize what they sound like, dude, like, and, and you know, but I too, you know, it's like, it's like one, like the example I brought up earlier, when my mom was sick, you know, my mom was a very faithful woman who got up and, and read her Bible regularly and if my mom, who was godly, got sick and died of cancer, my question from God is like, well, if you're really good, why did this happen? But see, once again, that was a little kid not understanding the whole scenario of my life. Dude, I wouldn't... I met my wife in Israel, like, because of the hand of God. And yet my seven-year-old self is on the brink of saying, I don't believe in you, God, because you're not fixing something. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I would have missed out on everything that is God's plan for my life, right? So I have a question for you though. Yeah, go ahead. Um what what do you feel like your calling is? So let me go back to when um we were talking about me going to Golden Springs and I was you know Wade came up to me and he hey, you're going to do this. So there was a progression of what God was doing in my, in my life. So it's like, hey, man, come up, help out, do this ushering thing. Hey, you're going to do the security thing. You know, time's going by. All right, cool. And I'm working parks and rec and I do so. Hey, um, you know, and then it went from uh, just kind of helping out. And like I, like I said, I got married. And then I stepped away from that, from, uh, excuse me, during when I was helping out and during that stuff before I got married. I got an opportunity, um, Sean, I'll never forget the day, not the day, but like where I was. And Sean McKeon gave me, uh, asked me to teach the Bible, a Bible study on Friday night to, you know, their Friday night Bible study. And uh, it was Ephesians 6. And um, I, I said yes, and then just started teaching. And you, um, it's hard to say because, like, you don't want to sound so proud. Like, oh, yeah, God gave me the gift of teaching, sure, okay? And I was teaching the Bible, and I enjoyed it, and I was doing it, you know? Um, this is what I've struggled with. I'm 30 years old, and I still struggle with it, is you know, I got the opportunity to teach, and then little more opportunities here or there. I eventually ended up coming on staff at the church at Calvary Chapel Golden Springs, uh, working maintenance. And then from doing maintenance, I got called into another pair of ministry underneath the umbrella of Calvary Chapel Golden Springs, the Whosoever with Ryan Reese, and helping with their logistic back end, a bunch of different little things there. A lot of work, just going in, just just working uh, with that ministry. Um, And he's still doing it. and then during that time, began to teach even more of the Bible, opportunities to teach more, okay? Um, all the while, I'm battling because it's a spiritual battle. When you're giving, the, we talked about articulating the Word of God, and it's the, God, the power of God and salvation. Everyone who te- anyone, everyone, anyone and everyone who teaches the Bible will be attacked by Satan, period. Some people lose that battle, and they start preaching false doctrine, or they get proud, and they get arrogant, or whatever, some fall by to the wayside. So I was going through a lot of mental battles during that during that time, but enjoying the blessing of being able to share, have the Holy Spirit use me to teach. So you asked me what my calling was. I know that I I know what my gift is, 
Um, I would say maybe there is a difference between the your gift and your calling, um, for sure. Uh, people, I've always battled with the idea of, of like someone saying, people always tell me, you're a pastor, bro. Okay, you're a pastor. Okay, you've been hearing it. And I've not like rejected the idea, like, oh, you're a pastor. Like, I don't have, I don't have a flock, okay? I'm not a pastor. I'm just a guy, and I teach the Bible, okay, at this church. And I've always battled with, well, because people keep saying it to me, you know, and because I have the opportunity to teach the Bible because I have a gift of teaching, like, I've struggled with, like, um, am I hearing the voice of God? Am I a pastor? That's or, super similar to Mike. Or, super similar to Mike. <laughs> or because everybody keeps telling me, I'm, oh, you're really good at, te- at teaching. You know, I'd go to your church if you had one. If <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you had a dollar for everybody. <laughs> said that. Huh? <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, so I've always, pers- in all honesty, battled with that, you know, and, uh, like, oh, well, you know, I'm, I, I've gone through, you know, this ministry, amazing teachers, amazing guys who poured into me, Sean McKeon, Raul Reese, Dale, Scott, all these guys who maybe some of you guys listening to don't know, but they're men who love God, who want to see the kingdom of God advance, who pour into uh, young men like myself and Scott, I mean, and Sal and Mikey, who, who have done that, who do it to this day. Um, they did that, and I owe a lot to them, and, you know, let God glorify them. Um, but... I, I don't know where God will have me. I stepped away from that the whosoever's ministry mm-hmm. on a vacation, basically. I had a two-week vacation, and I was the worst vacation of my life before I left that ministry about three years ago because God was wrenching my heart like, you mm-hmm. are leaving for reasons, You are, but you're done here. Okay, you got to go. So when I left, I came back from my vacation, talked to some people at the church, like, this is what's going on in my heart. Don't know exactly what's really going on, but like I'm, I'm done. I don't have no job lined up, no nothing. But I'm, I guess I'm leaving. You know, this is it. And so that was that. Um, and then the job that I have now fell into my lap. Okay, will I be there forever? I do not know. If I tell my employer that now, though, they will not like to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut that out for you, bro. <laughs> okay, that's funny. Okay. Dude. Shout out, Ronnie Hanley. <laughs> <laughs> right. we, like, we got you, bro. We got you, bro. No, no, they're cool. You know, because they love me. Yeah, they love me. They're my the, the, the employers that I work with. They love. And, me. and it's important when you own a business that you have people that are in it. You know, yes, I get that for and, sure. But there, you know, Ivan, I I I, I want to share this with you because I relate to you, bro. Like, and he knows I relate to you. Bro. That's why he mentioned <laughs> me when you were saying that. Um, and and if anybody listens, you know I relate to this, but. Um, the one thing that I can say for sure, dude, is you don't see throughout the entire Old Testament and New Testament, these titles that stay the same. You don't see them stay the same. You have prophets, you have, uh, you know, you have these different, depending on the, you know, the organization and culture and the way that ministry is set up at the time, you have these titles, right? But even as those titles change, the fact that a man is called by God and plucked by the hand of God and poured into and anointed by the hand of God doesn't change. It, it doesn't hold a single title throughout the entire Bible yeah. and throughout the entire time of history. For as simple as our minds work, we even know that in another language, the word pastor is said a different way. 
So what does a word really mean? Yeah. So here's what I do know. I know when I'm looking at a person who's God's man. And just like every biblical character I've ever seen, I've watched God's man go through times where he's smiling ear to ear. Yeah. And I watched him go through times where he doesn't have answers. Yeah. But I know this, bro. I know that the call of God is irrevocable. And I know that the anointing of God upon a man is powerful. And sometimes he doesn't understand why he finds himself in a place he does. But it is all part of the plan, bro. Yeah. And it's all part of where he's taking us. Because remember this, dude. And we talk about this a lot, um, too, because Sal starts a church. Mm Mm-hmm. He starts a church and people are going. And it, <laughs> you you and went it, to the first service. <laughs> and it's it's growing. And then COVID nineteen hits, right? And then yeah. and then I I was I left Calvary Chapel Hollywood to start a church. I was like, I'm this is my this is my time. Like I'm going to do this. And uh and I'm not gonna blame COVID because it went nowhere. I went nowhere, bro. Like uh, like you said, people, oh, you should start a church. I'll go to your church. People say a lot of stuff, bro. Uh, um, but, but one thing that, that hasn't left is, is the anointing calling of God in my life. And, yeah. and here's what I know. I know that this next phase of history is going to need God's men. And I don't know what ministry will look like yeah. in 10 years. And if I would have perfected the tactics that were existing at the time, I'd be sitting here right now. Oh, oh, this person better get voted in, or you know, they, they, we better defy. We better, you know, start getting desperate. And the reality is, bro, the amazing thing that God does on planet Earth is He uses regular men and calls them and and gives them instruction, and they have one thing that they need to do, and that's be obedient to His yeah. voice. Mm. And and all they got to do is do what God's telling them to do. And they won't have to go and they won't have to, they will just obey. And sometimes obeying looks like rebellion and it's not. Sometimes obeying looks like silence and it's not. Sometimes obeying obeying looks like a lot of things. Sometimes obeying causes you to look bad in the eyes of other Christians. Mm -hmm. Sometimes obeying causes you to, there's a lot of things, bro. But the bottom line is that to truly obey God is to truly see what he's doing. Yeah. You know? No, for sure. That's, that's, that's so true, man. It's, uh, it's, I've had my share of of confusion. Who 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 wants to admit that? You know what I mean? Confusion. Like, what do I do? Where do I go? You have these principles that you hear, you know, uh, and you just want to simplify it. Like, what guy? Where do you want me to go? You know. But a lot of times, I feel like when people are like, "Where do I go? Where do I go? What do you want me to do?" And that call in their life is irrevocable. In the midst of them saying, "Where do I go? What do I do? What do I do?" God's like. You're, you're, he's, you're still in his will doing yeah, yeah. what he wants you to do at that time. You, you, I don't know if I'm making sense. Yeah, absolutely, you know, you're bro. still in the place, but you're still you're battling and unsure, but then you're still in a place where God's still using you and you're actually right there. But you just like, because you're struggling with faith, hmm. you know, you're, you're struggling. So who knows? But I have those exact same thoughts that you're saying, like, yeah. what will ministry look like? Yeah. Like, I'm like... Am I going to start a church? And then I, I, I would, in my mind, I'd be like, no, I'm not going to start a church because everybody keeps telling saying that. 
and then it's just gonna look like I'm just going in line with with everybody, and then I'm just being honest, speaking from my heart. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I'm just gonna go in line. Everybody's done that. Everybody keeps saying it. Yeah, you had these opportunities, but maybe those opportunities were for you to 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 at least be able to learn and see that you have a gift, um, and then and then to seek God in it after that. Who who knows? Um, uh, when I left, I'll, I'll say this. So when I left the whosoever's out of Golden Springs, I left, I stopped going to church for a little bit. Okay. I stopped going to church for about a year. And I talked to a few people who there's a lot of people at my church that, and, and explained to them like where I was at, what I was doing. Like, like it's, it's cool. I'm, I'm alive. I'm not, I'm not doing anything crazy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Dude, I'm not spent out on coke yeah. somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm not in the freaking back alley, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, you know, that was, that was a season where I was like, okay. And the season where I'm at now to kind of bring it where I'm at, like now today, um, I fellowship at Golden Springs. I'm there on like Sunday mornings here or there. Um, but I'm, I, I constantly think about teaching the Bible mm-hmm. constantly. Like, yeah. Well, you started off this podcast by sharing with us that you teach every single week in the <laughs> yeah. morning. I got in the same boat, dude. I, same boat as you, same yeah. boat as you. I teach my dad and, um, every you know, my dad's 78 years old now yeah, and uh, he can't get to church. And so I bring church to him every no, Sunday. That's awesome. And then, you know, it's a convenient thing for people not to worry about me too much that most, most um, ministry is online right now, watching my wife or, yeah. you know, do that. But, but to stay um, directly connected in fellowship, that's why this podcast is very important to us Yeah, um, to stay in, uh, in the will of God by, seizing the opportunities that he places in front of you, yeah, which you're doing sure. at, at your work. Right. And definitely. And so that's all, that's all, that's all. Yeah. And in, and in the world, you know, and, and yeah. in the world, you know, like I told y'all yesterday, I won't get in too deep into it, but I met somebody at a, at a thrift store, you know, uh, uh, I was telling him he's like a middle age, like a, like a 50 year old guy. looks like just regular Joe Schmo dad met him at the thrift store, smiled at him. He thought I was hitting on him. He was actually gay. <laughs> and uh, we're like friends. We talk all the time. I share the gospel with him, and he bounces everything back. I love that. I want to talk to people that I do not know, strangers in the world. And I love that, you know, evangelizing and sharing with those people. So that's something I want to be able to do yeah, and have those yeah. relationships. I want to say one thing, and yeah. then if you if you guys if you kind of wrap, if you want to wrap it up, yeah. I want to say something uh, that I was going to say earlier. It's kind of off this topic here, but uh, I think God wants me to just kind of share it. It's in regards to, so I was talking a lot about, you know, I want to bring some light and some happiness to that. And there's <laughs> a lot of death in my family, mm-hmm. and Mikey did a really good job of explaining, you know, the goodness that can come out of that and what God's doing and the light that comes through. But I actually had one of my other brothers, the five siblings die like two years ago. So my, uh, my brother Louie, which was the youngest of my, the five siblings my parents had, he died about three years ago. Um, so maybe it's like two years now. I think it's two, it's been, it's been two years. Okay. He was the closest of all those brothers. He was, I was the closest to him of all my brothers. He was funny. He would have got along with all of us. He was just a jokester. Um, he just had an awesome, awesome, you know, heart. wasn't saved, you know, but just a dude, just a dude. You know what I mean? Worked with his hands. Just a good man. You know, all my nephews and nieces, uh, Madison, Mark, um, Cameron, and Luke had four kids. My sister-in-law, and they actually moved into that front house. So they started raising his kids and his family in the front house. Well, my brother. Um, uh, I don't, he 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 died two years ago. I don't know exactly what happened, but 
something with his. He was very unhealthy, a little overweight, diabetic, slightly diabetic, and just complications, okay? And it, and it started taking him out at a young age with very young kids. And uh, got the call, like, he's not doing well. You got to come to the hospital. And in my mind, I'm thinking, my brother is not saved. He does not know the Lord. You know, he's been proud. He's, he's, he's jabbed at me during my life when I was saved, little things here or there. I'll never forget one time when uh, um, I was fresh, you know, like new, new. God just saved me, got doing the work. And uh, I'll never forget, he, he was sitting on the couch at my house and talking about being drunk and something about beer. And, like, I was, like, I've never said anything about God at this point to somebody and it was the Holy Spirit, of course, coming down. And the Bible talks about not being drunk on wine, but being drunk, drunk on the Spirit. I said something to that nature, like to him. And I think at that point, like something in him, like my older brother, like his, his little brother he raised, you know, he coached me in my little t-ball stuff. Mm-hmm. Now his, his little brother uh, said something like to him. And he, and he was a jokester. He was quick on his feet. He felt like he said something stupid and just like riffed it off. But I think at that point, there was some type of connection between me and him, mm-hmm. even though there was a wall because he rejected like the gospel or whatever, dude. You know? Um, and then I remember there's another time I was putting, uh, I had a Jeep. I put a little Calvary Dove on, my, on the back of my Jeep. I had to take that off because I cut people off. But uh, I remember I was, he saw me putting it on my car in the back. He's like, and the dove is like descending, like the Holy Spirit descending into a picture of the Holy Spirit. He's like, doesn't, you're supposed to flip it the other way. It's supposed to go, like, he's just being stupid. Like, yeah. oh, you're supposed to go up. You're, gonna, you're turning it wrong. He's just like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, Shut up, dude. Like, whatever. Just a brother. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that was my brother, per se. He, he passed away two years ago. That behind my sister-in-law and my, and my nephews and nieces. And it's been, it's been pretty rough. And I pray for them constantly. And it's, it's a hard time. But... When he was in the hospital, um, I was like, Lord, what is going to happen to this guy? He's on his back, got the tubes, the ventilators, the whole thing. It's going down. Things are failing. It's like it doesn't look good. People, we don't know if it can come out of it, but it doesn't look good. Like a lump in his throat that they found in the x-ray. It's, it's just not looking good. And uh, people, friends are coming, people you've never seen, you know, that whole scene in a long time. People, families are coming in and out. People are basically saying goodbye, you know, because it doesn't look that good. But at the same time, still hoping, like, maybe he'll come through, that type of mm. scene. And it's it constantly, people in there constantly. And then I, I was in the bathroom, and I was praying, you know, like, what is going to happen? How am I going to get in there? Because, like, you're nervous. Like, we talked about to share the gospel with somebody, especially in front of, in front of a bunch of other people who are in the hospital room, kind of right. like we're all in here. Right. Like, there was never a I, time when he was by yeah, himself. Yeah, how am I going to, like, do this? Like, mm-hmm. how am I going to do this? You know what I mean? Like, just do it, you know? Like, Lord, like, do something, please. And then I remember I went back to the waiting room where everybody was at, and I was like, is there, is there anybody in there? It's like, no, there's no one in there right now. And I couldn't believe it. It's like, no, there's no one in there. And his wife, my sister-in-law, and the kids were on the waiting room, my brothers and my brothers and sister's friends. And it's like, no, no one's in there? It's like, can I, can I go in there? It's like, yeah, you can go in there. And I haven't seen him since he got like, admitted. And I walk in there, and, uh, you know, and he's there laid on his back, like eyes closed. They're telling, the doctors are telling us he's non-responsive. He's been unresponsive. Um, we don't think he can hear right now um but we encourage you to, to to speak you know you never know just to speak to them and he's but he's unresponsive right now he hasn't been responding to us um or anything and uh i i go in there and get the you know you gotta you gotta get the gown on the mask and everything and it's just one of those scenes and you know and my brother's there laying there and 
uh, I grab I grab his hand, you know, and I just start, you know, I just, hey, it's I, it's your brother, it's Ivan, you know, and I'm just I just start talking to him. One of those scenarios, it's kind of hard, you know, what you're gonna say, and um, you know, I say I just start, hey, it's your it's Ivan, you know, and if you can hear me, you know, just and I'm just talking to him, and then the nurses come in and they run in, and they're looking at all the screens, like, did he wake up? Is, is he waking up? Like, what's or did he did he move? What's going on? You're looking at all things, and I'm like, oh, I'm like I don't know. Like, I don't, so I step back, and the doctors come in, and it's like, oh, okay, you know. And it's like, okay, I don't know what happened there. Okay, cool. And then they leave. I'm like, okay. And so I, I start talking to him. And he starts gripping, starts lightly gripping my hand, you know? And I said, I'm, about to, I'm, I'm and I start sharing the gospel with him. Who knows, what I, who knows what I was saying? And I was just starting to share. This is what the gospel is. He, my brother at this point, probably in his late 40s, did the nominal Catholic thing his whole life. And I explained to him what, uh, what Jesus, who Jesus is what the gospel is, what God has come to do to redeem sinners. It's not about sitting up, standing down, doing this, doing that, reaching God by your own merit, just going through the gospel and sharing with him the truth. And as I'm doing that, he's kind of like squeezing my hand and he's like starting to fidget, like trying to respond like I can hear you. And he's like fidgeting, mm. fighting to move. And he was non responsive to anybody. Damn. And I said, if you if you want this, if you if you if this gospel, you want the truth of this gospel. I said, I said, you 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 grab onto my hand and you lift my arm. If you so I know, like have some peace. Like you you hear me. You want this, then you lift my arm up. You do it. Like do it. No way. Lift my arm bro. up. Lift my arm up, and then just put it down. And at this point, I'm just like on another level, wow. on another level of just joy and like what is happening here mm-hmm. right and i'm just like dude what the heck and i'm like all right you know and i'm like i'll pray for you i said some things to him about the family and you know i was just like dude i can bounce i can go home right now i'm good you can die you yeah. know i was just like dude wow. i was just so happy god just did an amazing work right and um i remember i turned around and my his brother that would be so his sister-in-law's brother mm-hmm. or husband his sister-in-law's husband was okay. behind me trying to come in and i know and i know him he's a catholic gentleman a catholic very heavily involved in the church and i turned around and i was like his name is adam adam he just gave his life to the lord mm-hmm. and he looked at me like uh, what like he didn't know what i was saying mm-hmm. and i just remember like I'm moving on, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was just like, you don't get it. <laughs> you, you don't get it. And I was just like, Chuck, and I was just like, dude, this is amazing. And I couldn't believe it, man. I was just like so, so happy. And I just say all that to say, because to, we were talking about the pride of man and men not being able to receive the gospel. And he literally had my brother on his back laid out, can't use your smart mouth, say anything. Yeah. You know, and get wild. He literally put my brother, that's the grace of God. Literally put him out where he ain't gonna like he now you really gotta think, you know. And he had to put him in that in that position, mm. you know. I don't think it's like that for everybody. Mm-hmm. And God opened that that opportunity for me to share with him that I'll hold him with me until the day I die forever. That's awesome, you know. Man. So that that's a and like I said earlier, like for such a time as this, you know, that is how he entered the kingdom of heaven. How God was gonna use me not to blow me up, but this yeah. that's you know I don't have those opportunities a lot at all. You know what I mean? And, and he gave me that one. And, uh, you know, who you, you have no clue what God wants to do with you in your life. Yep. You know what I mean? Uh, you have no clue. And God wants to use us. 
He wants mm-hmm. He wants to use us in in big, big, big ways, and we just can't limit God. And uh, I just ask you guys to keep my family in prayer. I keep you guys in prayer. I will Absolutely. keep my family in prayer. Keep my sister in law in prayer. She's now raising her kids on her own as a widow. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know what I mean? And so uh, there's a lot of walls and barriers there, and a lot of just struggle. It's two years in, married, lost her husband. It's hard forever. You know, so keep her in prayer. Miss Julie and all the kids. And uh, just want to thank you guys for giving me this, this opportunity yeah. here. You yeah. know, it's, it's a, I was I was blessed. Hopefully, her, her name her name's Julie. Yeah, her name is Julie. Mm-hmm, Julie, and uh, God's God's doing the work, man. God's doing the work. We talked about a lot of death here, but hey, Jesus Jesus died too. But, but guess what? He he actually mm. defeated death and rose from the grave. He rose. He he defeated death. So if we're gonna end on this, like Jesus has come to defeat death. Everyone's number public enemy number one, death. Yeah, Who's yeah. killed it? Who's defeated it? Jesus on the cross. And, and he promises anybody who comes to faith in him that they can have that same promise that even though you die, you will live forever. You'll actually get a new body. Mm-hmm. How about that? New body too, <laughs> you know? But he, he will save you and, you'll, and he'll just translate you to a new world. That's that we awesome. Can, that, we can, that the Bible says uh, there's no nothing that can compare. Ivan, there's a there's a uniqueness to the work that God does in you, bro. Um, I'm, I've enjoyed this time. I've enjoyed jumping on your brainwave, bro, for lack of better words, <laughs> and spending this time with you. Um, if it's all right, I'd like to close the prayer. Yeah, I absolutely. You um, I was gonna say, I was gonna ask you because um, I want to let you know we're gonna be praying. Um, I still, when I teach Redeem Church, um, we're gonna be praying for your family for sure. Um, I wanted to ask specifically. And he's going to pray for you right now, but how can we pray for you in this season in your life? Yeah, for sure. Um, just just pray. So, like, pray that that God would give me, you know, clarity, you know, for the future. I'm a father now. You know, my son's growing. Uh, some of my biggest fears is just that, that the world that he's growing up into, like any parent would, would think and, and worry about. But I was telling you a little bit last night, just for my my raising my son being a husband to my wife and those are things that get we always talk about those things you know like you know like oh yeah my family but it's so true you mm-hmm. know we, I, I need i need prayer to 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 be a light and guide to my family my son you know to to when when how i correct him when i correct him to to give to to teach him about dignity and teach him about respect and all those good things but to teach him about the lord pray for him and then and ministry-wise, you know, like, uh, if God were to have me leave, like, my job at some point in the future, I'm not trying to leave right now. I'm not. But that I would, that God would op- open up a door where it wouldn't be so difficult if he called me to leave and go somewhere else and do something different. Mm-hmm. Because as of right now, I can't see myself doing it if I wanted to. It'd be, I don't know where the heck I would go, what I would do. That's been the story of my life. We didn't get into that. Maybe we can have another podcast another day. Oh, for uh, sure. But, like, um, every job I've ever had, um, like, I've known someone there. It was, like, given to me. My first job was, like, at the city Parks and Rec, but my brother was the superintendent of Parks and Rec. And uh, when I got hired on at the church, like, I knew, you know, I had made friends and knew people at the church. When I left the church and got hired is where I'm working at now, like, the owners, I was friends with them. You know, so will God take me to a place where I actually don't know anybody? You know what I mean? You know, maybe. You know, well, I is have that a, something you desire? Um, a little bit, hmm. yeah, a, a little bit. You know what I mean? To it'd be like a challenge 
for me. Just kind of like, Lord, take me to a place where with these two hands and just you. you. Yeah, and see, and see. It'd be a little nerve-wracking for me, yeah. you know, because, you know, some people are like, well, I just go out there and get a job, you know. You know, but I'm, <laughs> I've been so used to just being comfortable-ish around people that I know, and that's where God's had me. I've had uncomfortable mm-hmm. seasons, even within those places. I like that, dude. You know, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's something we're definitely going to be praying for. Ivan, thank you for being on the show. Um, I love chopping it up with you, dude. Mm-hmm. This is one of the so far, like we're, are, I want to get lengthier in my conversations with people too. Yeah. Um, so this is one of those cool ones where we we're just going at it for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Go yeah. ahead, Mike. Right yeah. yeah, let's pray, man. Dear God, I thank you so much for this opportunity, and I'm also aware, Lord, that there's so much more going on than a podcast. It's an interesting time, Lord, for a lot of your servants to find themselves in a place, Lord, where they they long for what you have for them. And I included, Lord. I thank you for Ivan, Lord, and the good friend that he's been. And beyond whatever capabilities or talents or gifts, just being a Christian, the friend that he's been, but I do pray specifically, Lord, first for his, his marriage, and I pray for his role as a husband and as a father and as a worker. And I know in the middle of trying to juggle all that, Lord, and sometimes even feeling like a failure, we're brought to this place, Lord, where we we, we can even question why. Why is it that you've called us and anointed us when it seems so difficult to do the basic things? But I can't help but to see, Lord, that that's why. That you pick people who need you. We need you to be husbands and fathers and men. I pray for Ivan right now and I ask, Lord, that you would just, that you would elevate those things that are of you, that you would bring them to the forefront, and that you would take all of these things, Lord, that he's endured, and you would channel them into what it is you have for him. I know, Lord, that he is being a loyal husband, father, worker at his job. But I know beyond him just trying to be that, Lord, I know he's your man. And so I ask, God, that you would put all those things in order and in line and that you would open up the doors in front of him to give him a full confidence that he didn't make a wrong turn somewhere that he's exactly where you brought him and that he would see your plan unfold, Lord. I thank you for the wonderful story that is his life so far and I trust that you'll continue to do a great work. It's been an honor to have this conversation and I pray that every time he's in need, Lord, that you would put him in our hearts and minds so that we could pray for him. Pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen. Amen. Amen. Love you guys, man. Amen. Love you guys. Love you, Ivan. That's a wrap. Yeah.